Hi, I'm Aaron, and welcome to the Slim, Fitty, and Biggie Committee podcast, where me and my best friends, Danny and Matt, take a deep dive into hip-hop, the genre that has formed an integral part of our lives. Please like, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram at the underscore Slim, Fitty, Biggie Committee, and stay tuned for any upcoming podcast news. Coming up on today's show, we have the Kun and Linguist's second album, Southern Underground. All right. Let's get into it. Should we kick things off? Yes, we shall. Danny, I reckon you've actually chosen the funniest name. Uh, probably the highlight of this album is the name. Uh, what? The highlight is the name? How dare you? <laughs> cunning. It's Cunning Linguists Southern Underground. That's our next album. And Danny, it's your choice. So... You said that like you were struggling with the choice and you finally landed on this one. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is true. Well, I'll put it like this. So first of all, I just have to say that the Cunning Linguists are one of the most underrated hip hop groups of all time. Um, you know, everyone has heard of legendary groups like Mob Deep, Outkast, Wu-Tang, NWA, A Tribe Called Quest, Gangstar. Then you got G-Units, Slaughterhouse, Black Hippie, D12, and like heaps of these groups with like relatively big fan bases. Like most people who have like even the slightest interest in hip-hop are at least aware of the groups I just mentioned. Nobody talks about the cunning linguists. Like, have you two ever heard anyone mention the cunning linguist other than me? Never. Never, ever in your wildest dreams. So it's actually depressing how criminally underrated they are to me. So as you can probably tell, I'm a huge fan of the cunning linguist. And yeah, like you said, Aaron, you'd think it would be a no-brainer as one of my album choices for this podcast. Yeah. But their discography is so diverse. All of their albums are so unique and amazing in their own ways that I literally just didn't know where to begin. Like, how do you pick one album to perfectly represent their entire catalogue? It's actually impossible. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Aaron, you you showed some interest in potentially diving into the cunning linguists. I so, did. Yeah, so I, I forced myself to sit down and choose between one of my babies. And instinctively, my mind went straight to Oneerology, which is my personal favourite album of theirs. I honestly believe that album is a genuine masterpiece. But... Then I thought, you know, I thought about it in relation to the podcast and I thought it just wouldn't be that interesting if I picked an album where I just gave every single song five stars. Yeah, especially Um, one that you'd love like that much and guaranteeing like to hear Matt and I have critiques like potentially. Yeah, it would have have killed me. Yeah, it would have hurt you. Yeah, it would have hurt my soul. But um. Also, I think maybe, Aaron, you've listened to it, haven't you? You've listened to it once? Yeah. Yeah, I did listen to it once. And 
but this was very early in my hip hop journey. Like it was when I was still in high school, still like just kind of still in the 50 cent loving phase. And just, it's so different. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't at the time where I understood how to listen to lyrics or it wasn't really where I could figure out concepts and stuff like that. Cause it's like based on dreams. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's very conceptual. It's, you know, dreams and nightmares and, yeah, it's 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 not your standard mainstream album for sure. Yeah, so I wasn't ready for it in the way that I hadn't developed that keen sense of understanding what hip hop was, the diversities in it. I was still in that, you know, mainstream mindset um of like your M&Ms and your 50 cents, the yeah. one that Matt's still in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so I, I listened to it. There's definitely some songs I still have like just the sound I really like. Mm. Um, the the production is really good, mm-hmm. um, but I do need to listen to it again and like properly dive. Yeah, for sure. I'd love that. And I think even Matt, I think I'm pretty sure I remember playing like a good chunk of it for you, like when we went for a cruise once. Do do you remember Oneology kind of linguist? I do. You do. I do. What do you remember? Well, I also remember that um, being highly regarded by a lot of like hip hop heads because um, Dead End Hip Hop did a big like spiel on it, and they a lot of them rated it as their favorite album of the year when it came out. Did they? Yep, they did, especially C Town. So yeah, I've heard really good things about it. I'm slightly disappointed that you didn't pick it actually, um, because okay. I'm, I would have been like more interested to go straight to your favorite one because and i know you like would have been scared of the criticisms but like regardless there'll be criticisms on this album but like you know that doesn't take away from the fact that for you it's an amazing album and like you know you really enjoy it it's the same for me with like um eminem no yeah (laughs) but like you guys can like or anyone can critique eminem but like no one can doubt that he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. Like, so they can say whatever they like. So like, it's what, it's like whatever, but I guess like yeah. particular artists that it's a little bit more personal who aren't as big as Eminem. Like, like for example, I don't know, I'll say Sci High the Prince, like his second mixtape that we reviewed. Um, like I said, I I would naturally gravitate towards that more than the the Black History Project, the first one, because it was just an easier listen. Like, but I know that the quality of the first one is better. But I, like I said, I just preferred listening to the second one, having it on. So I think both of you were like, "Nah, that's wrong." But like yeah. that, like I get that, and I was just like, "Yeah, I guess that's your opinion." But still, like I'll, I still went back and listened to the second one, and I'm like, "Yeah, I like this. This is good." So it's like. <laughs> It is hard to take, though. I get what you're saying. But I I don't know. I, I, I was expecting one orology. I was expecting that. Oh, okay. For, for, for my choice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. well the, the, the fact that I know both of you had already listened to it in some form was another reason why I decided not to. Because, you know, that also makes it less interesting, the fact that you guys are already kind of familiar with it. Yeah, true. What is this album in their discography? What is is this the second one? It is, yeah. It's their sophomore album. Yeah. Is but, it um, sophomore? I'm pretty sure it's sophomore. Sophomore? Sophomore? Ah, I'm pretty S- sure it's sophomore. S O P H O M. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's sophomore, like their school. Oh, you might be right. You might be right. Yeah. No, I'm not going to – if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, you know. I'll give you one. <laughs> you can have this one. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's sophomore. Every um, time I hear Americans mate, talk about it. You win, I lose. You're a hero. Right, let's move on. <laughs> um, okay, so sophomore album anyway. It's a second album. But um, anyway, with, with one urology off the table, um, I didn't go straight to Southern Underground. I, my next thought, it wasn't even my second choice. My next thought was a piece of strange, which which is generally considered to be their best album. Um, not by me, because I adore Wonderology, but among their core fans, the general consensus I see all the time is that A Piece of Strange is their best album. And that's their third. That's their third album after this one. So I definitely considered that, but, like, again, it's a very conceptual album, and I just feel it wouldn't have been an ideal starting point. Like, that's an album you build up to. So perhaps somewhere down the line, you know, we might eventually get to that. Who knows? Um, mm. The only other album I considered, so I considered four, um, the other one uh, was their, obviously their debut, Will Rap for Food. Um, like, what better place to start than at the start? But, yeah. you know, then again, I feel like they were very much, you know, finding their feet on that album. It still has some classic songs for sure, but other songs might sound a little bit dated at this point. Still a great album, but I don't know. I didn't think it would be the best thing to start with. And so then, after, you know, those three, I finally arrived at the topic of today's discussion, the sophomore album, Southern <laughs> Underground. And, and the thing about this is you, rare, you actually rarely see Southern Underground discussed as being their best album. You usually see it ranked like somewhere in the middle of the pack. And Wonderology is obviously number one for me. But whenever I think about Southern Underground, the first word that always came to mind is just, entertaining and prior to this podcast i hadn't listened to this album in a long time but what i do remember is always having a lot of fun whenever i listen to it so i have fond memories of the album and i hadn't listened to it in a long time so i thought it would be a good choice for the podcast and you know potentially a good entry point for any fans of you know future fans of kind of linguists so I'm keen to find out if I made the right choice. So I think we should get into it, to be honest. I don't think there can be a better intro. Uh, even if I wrote it all myself, I think <laughs> off the dome, you, you did a great job, Danny. So uh, who wants to kick this off? I know that intro is usually a Matt type of a deal. He loves the intros. Yeah. Different type of intro in this album. So Matt, do you want to kick off the intro? I'll give it a go, definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, intros. So the first thing I noticed about this album was that there appeared to be um, like an intro. There was an interlude one, I think it was, interlude two. Like there was um, – it was sort of back to the 
classic hip hop album style. I feel that is that is that like can I say that? Can I say Um, I don't know. It's definitely been done before, having, you know, instrumental interludes. But um yeah, it's it's a classic I guess it is kind of a classic thing to do. I've heard it before. Because like we've always sort of said like, oh do they need them? Like do they add value to the album? And I don't know, I didn't mind. I, I thought, you know, this is this is cool. I like I like that, you know, what are they gonna what are they gonna show me? Um, in these interludes, like I, I was expecting some sort of spoken word or I don't know, maybe some raps, but I realized from this intro that one of the heroes of this album, well, I was expecting one of the heroes of this album to be instrumentals, like just mm. from the intro, um, because you can just feel it from the beginning. Um, it, it's, it's mesmerizing. I wrote in my in my like sort of uh, while I was listening to it I wrote it was a very mesmerizing sound obviously the chipmunk inspired instrumental is always going to be a winner we love that we've said yeah. that on other albums we reviewed I really like how it builds from the beginning uh, to incorporate that solid drum beat and then again complemented by the pleasant keyboard sound which I've mentioned in other um reviews it's just a winner that drum beat and the keyboards oh i love it um mm. it's a smooth opening to the album and like like i mentioned before it just sets the bar for dope instrumentals that are to come hopefully um so yeah that's that's pretty much all i have to say on that it's it's a four star intro nice it's the highest you can get remember on an intro <laughs> five stars so that's uh that's hundred percent there. No, <laughs> uh, well, like I don't know if, to get five stars. I think we have. I think I have given five stars before, um, but I don't know. I think when it, off the top of my head, what comes to mind is like um, Kamikaze um, by Eminem, the the, um, the Ringer. I think it's called. Yeah, but that's an actual. Track. track that's a whole song okay. okay this is this is literally no lyrics yeah i think but like does do i does i do i have to have lyrics to give it five stars i don't know could it just be an absolute banger of an instrumental like, yeah no, no. Well, that, well that's what we're saying because your you know theory is if if it's a you know intro or a skit or you know something like that you cannot give it five stars you said something like that before yeah, yeah. you said it on a podcast and for the listeners who are wondering when we did an Eminem uh, podcast, we actually didn't do a podcast on Eminem, but we reviewed Eminem's Kamikaze just as friends. So it was kind of the first uh, adventure that we took into reviewing albums. So uh, in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think like uh, intros have definitely been done, be- done better than this in albums we have reviewed. Um, Excuse me? Which one? That one, uh, I think, was it the last one? Stormzy's. Yeah, Stormzy's was really good. That's Storm- not a, That's not an intro. That's a whole song. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that was Gang Sign and Prayer. Yeah, yeah. No, it was even first things first. Elza yeah. had a better one. The preface intro. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like his was definitely better in my opinion. This, I mean, this is a good instrumental, but like that's all they're giving me. They're giving me an instrumental, whereas Elza has given me an instrumental and given me some lyrics that perfectly ties in with the the, the second track, the leak. Like 
you know, yeah. I think he said something like, well, now welcome to the preface. And then like, it starts like, that's a perfect intro in my mind. That's five stars. Yeah. Okay. okay. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought this was um, a nice beat, chipmunk sample, heavy drums, just sets the sound nicely. Like it just sets up what the album's going to sound like. Um, and didn't rate it in terms of didn't give it a star rating, but I liked it. I wouldn't ever skip it. Like that's what I'm going to say for for this. Like as much as there's no no lyrics, you would never skip it because it sounds really good. Um, mm. And it just kind of it's like that little it's like an entree or a starter before your your main meal. It just gives you a little bit of a taste yeah. as to what to expect, and it doesn't kind of overshoot the mark. Like it's just here's the type of production, and then off we go. And so. Um, yeah, I liked the sound and I was ready to get into the first proper track. Hell yeah. Well, I'll just say that um, this album, for me, it plays out like a movie in my mind. And so especially with, you know, all the different subjects they touch on, all the different stories they tell. So in that sense, this intro for me is like the opening credits of a movie. And in that way... It's it's perfect for me. Hard drums, chipmunk soul, it hits me right in my sweet spot. And um, before I go any further, I should probably mention who the actual members of the Cunning Linguists are. That might yeah. be helpful. So on this album, Southern Underground, in the year 2003, the group consisted of rapper-producer No who handles a majority of the group's production. Um, and then there are the two out-and-out rappers, Deacon the Villain and Mr. SOS, and they handle most of the rapping. So these instrumental interludes, and I think there's three of them, four of them, if you include the first half of War at the end, yeah, um, they can essentially be considered to me, and I think overall, as no solo tracks. And he kills all of them. It's not just some album filler. Each interlude or intro is is a production showcase. And like I said, like just like the group itself, No is seriously one of the most underrated producers of all time. Can like, I just say, I yeah. literally, when you said that, it blew my mind because I was like, oh, of course there's solo tracks for the producer. Hell yeah. Of course it's for the producer to show off. He Absolutely. doesn't need a rapper to be to show how good he is. Absolutely. Oh, that, that just changes everything. Hell yeah. Yeah. So and, and like I'm saying, like, no is incredibly underrated. So underrated, like even I forget about him sometimes. Like, you know, whenever there's a discussion of best producers of all time. I'll throw out name. I'll throw out Dr. Dre, DJ Premier, Rizza, Kanye, Havoc, DJ Quick, Jay Dilla, Pete Rock. You know, all these names come to my mind. But no of the cunning linguists absolutely deserves to be in the discussion. And and I guess I always forget to mention him because no one ever mentions him. Like again, yeah. he's he's criminally underrated. And oneology is his masterpiece just from a production standpoint alone that album is a genuine masterpiece so 
Give him as many interludes as he wants. I'll eat them all up. This shit is fire. And I didn't give it a rating, but I don't know. Maybe oh, five stars. I don't know. I don't know. But I, prob- I won't give it a rating, though. But, yeah, fire. Bang. One of these days, I'm going to get both of you to rate instrumentals um, or intros. I'm going to get. I'm going to do it. Uh, gonna... You know what? I will. I will. I'll give it. Uh, I'll give it a four because I, I think there's better. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. there are better. There are better instrumentals to come. I feel. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to continue and not rate it just because I haven't. I didn't look at it as rating them, but. Um, how about for this, Matt? For your next one, I'll write the intros, the outros, yeah. the interlude, whatever nah, else. I won't. If they're purely skits and not even instrumentals, I'm not rating them. I'll write them. I'll write the next one, Matt. You think the, what a friend. You think the uh, the group would have liked us to rate them? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm rating them for this one. You're welcome. Cheers. <laughs> all right moving on to southern underground the actual first track of the album uh danny why don't you kick off the first track oh i would love to um southern underground just just all throughout the album i want to say no does an amazing job of finding the best sound bites and the best scratches to complement each song just that Andre 3000 soundbite to kick things off here is perfect. My Agreed. oral illustration be like littoral stimulation. That's just funny in itself. Not only does it pay, you know, homage to a legendary rapper from the South, but it also kind of matches that braggadocious nature of the song. And it's also kind of hilarious just in the way that Andre 3000's lyrics have been taken out of context. Like, if you hear the actual Andre 3000 song, Outcast song, it's not done in a way that's funny. But here, the way that they've sampled it, it's, it's, it's funny. So it works on many levels for me. This is one of their three instrumentals. Can I just say, Danny, you missed one thing. Yeah. Where, where you also missed that clitoral stimulation links back to the cunning linguist's actual name. Oh, that, you know what? I did miss that. I didn't even, didn't even register. And now that's even better. Yeah. That is a great observation. I love that. Works on even more levels than I thought. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, this is one of the three instrumentals that No did not produce for the album but they picked a goddamn winner with this one. This My favourite element of the instrumental is obviously that perfect female vocal sample that just gets better every time you hear it throughout mm-hmm. the song. Mm, it's delicious. And um, it was just such a great idea to kick the album off with this super fun, infectious, braggadocious boom bap banger it's just oh you, you that's how you get the listener's attention um deacon the villain is the first member of the group uh to to feature 
And uh, he says straight away, we're back for another round, Southern Underground. We ain't following that traditional cookie cutter sound. Woo! And then you know, you know you're in for a ride, boy. Um, some of the bars are actually hilarious on here as well. You have Mr. SOS with, I've come to earth to hunt him down, spit linguistics, pick up bitches, jizz on big tits and get your mistress to do my dishes. Mm. Yeah, I chose those. <laughs> that is gold. That is hilarious. And then there's that little back and forth between No and SOS. It gets me every time when No says, mumbling some thugging shit is not a sin to me, but doesn't hip hop need a little positivity? It's all guns and slang and cane. We need some upliftment in the streets. Somebody call David Blaine. And then SOS comes straight back at him with fuck positivity. I'll bang David Blaine's favorite dame. Make her say my name and hug her hedge like a Sega game. Yes. Oh yeah. my God. Oh, <laughs> SOS, definitely the MVP of this track for me. And, 100% um, agree. Yeah. So let me ask you guys a question. Um, did either of you have a clear standout member of the group after listening to the entire album? Yes. Either. No. Aaron, what did you say? No. No. And Matt, you said yes. I said yes. What? Who? Who is it for you? It's the bloody villain, mate. Really? It's the D. I, I love that answer. That's awesome. And Aaron, you just, you... I originally, throughout the start of the album, I was leaning towards uh, Mr. SOS. But then I think in the back half, Deacon shows off a bit more. So I think they balance out, but I think Mr. SOS has funnier lines. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, both those answers make sense. I mean, no's in the background, but he is the production genius, so... It's hard to pick a favourite, but if SOS is your guy, then I've got some bad news because this is the only album by the Cunning Linguists where SOS is actually a member of the group. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, SOS, he's only appeared on one track as a guest feature on their debut album. And... Cunning Linguist was actually just a duo at the start. It was Deacon and No. The, the first album is just Deacon and No. They started the group. SOS became a fully-fledged member for this album, Southern Underground. But by the time they got to their third album, A Piece of Strange, he was out of it. And, um, That's so weird. Yeah. Well, the way that Deacon and No tell it, after Southern Underground, they started forming an idea for a concept album that eventually turned into a piece of strange and SOS just didn't really like their ideas or he just didn't get it. So they kicked him out and replaced him with another dude named Natty and Natty has been with the group ever since. So it's, it's still a trio, but now it's Natty instead of uh, SOS. So has Mr. SOS gone on to do anything else? Uh, he, he's in a, he's in another group. The Mighty Haiku, something like that. He's got a group. I think he's done a few 
solo albums, but nothing that I've ever, you know, listened to. This is all I know him from. Like, this is all I'm familiar with from him. But he has done other stuff. And, and like, SOS still went on to feature on a couple of kind of linguist songs after Southern Underground. So I don't think there's any bad blood between them anymore, or if there ever was. But, yeah, no more SOS after this album. So enjoy it while you can. Damn. Um, yeah. So, anyway, this song is obviously five goddamn stars, baby. Let's go. <laughs> well, I'll jump in, Matt, if you don't mind. Mate, he's jumping yeah. again. He's jumping all over the place again. I can't, I can't help it. I've got a lot of energy. Hey, Kermit the Frog over here jumping around. What's going on? <laughs> I've got a lot of energy. I can't help it when we do podcasts. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, I think, Danny, you pretty much covered a lot of it. But like, yeah, the, the I also, the first thing I knew straight away, and I literally said, when I wrote this down, I was like, Andre 3000 sample, and I think Danny's going to give it five stars. <laughs> just Andre 3000's in there anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Close. Um, yeah. But I mean, the amount you talked about that sample, um, yeah, I was—I think I was pretty spot on, to be honest. Mm. Um, but yeah, this beat um, had a really amazing vocal sample, and it always gets major points. The piano as well. Um, did any of you think that the drums were not as heavy as they could have been? Um, I didn't have any issues, to be honest. Nah, I felt like they weren't as heavy as they could have been. I think later, like every track other than this one's. They're a bit heavier, but I think maybe I'm just being harsh, but um, that's just what I thought when I was listening to it and actually reviewing it. But in regards to the actual verse, I agree the back and forth between no Mr. SOS and Deacon the villain is amazing. Mm. Like you, you hit that like the first half of that line, but I also had stay insane, take a chain to sell an eBay for change and use the money for we to ease her labour pains. And then No was like, I'm offended. And Deacon was like, why? Because she's pregnant and smoking weed? No, because he let her toke for free. That's not how it's supposed to be. <laughs> but fucker, you can find me at home lonely, praying to my M&M shrine holding a rosary. Oh, I know who loves that line. Yeah, yeah. I, as soon as hey. and literally I wrote. Aaron <laughs> I loves wrote, that line. Yeah. No, I wrote as well <laughs> that knowing Matt, Eminem Live will be his favourite um, as well. So, uh, Well, he's in uh, luck. He's in luck on this album. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the rhyme scheme, the interactions, everything, the amount of fun they actually have on this track and the jokes that they have, like they have set up punchline and jokes, which is quite rare, especially for, like, you know, back and forth um, kind of um, albums and tracks. So. Um, yeah, I gave this five stars as well. I didn't think that the drums in my mind were bad enough for me to turn around and deduct any points. So, um, yeah, this is five stars, and that's how you start an album, baby. Hell yeah. yeah. Baby. You, just, you both said everything that I want to say. Oh, all right, let's move on. So, the South. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to say, but fuck it. You can find me at home, lonely. Praying to my Eminem shrine, holding a rosary. (laughs) (laughs) Do you understand the context of when this album was released? And please explain it to me. I will. I will. So, two thousand and three, 
it's a it's a momentous time um in hip hop because at that point Eminem has released the Slim Shady LP mm-hmm. released the Marshall Mathers LP mm-hmm. which is not even arguably it's his biggest album of all time and mm-hmm. he's just dropped the Eminem show while also um while also working on Eight Mile, and if not, I'm just having a look now because I off the top of my head, I know it's shock horror. I can't remember. No, Eight Mile was released in 2002. So, yeah. at that point, at 2003, Eminem is arguably. I don't know. I, I don't know. Is it arguably like he's the biggest rapper of all time at that point? Like, mm. he, yeah, I think so. There's no one bigger than Eminem right now. Um, so like it's just it's just really cool that like the kind of linguists like who are obviously like this is their second album. So that, and I, I think to many, if not still, they might be considered like an underground group. Um, so it's cool that, I don't know, just they're, they're paying homage to like, they don't need to do it, but it's just cool mm. that they do. And you can, tell- I think they are genuine. I think they are genuinely fans of Eminem and always have been. Yeah, and yeah. you can you can hear it in in their jokes as well, like with the you know the 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 lyrics you mentioned before, Danny. Those funny ones you liked, and like even the ones Aaron mentioned. Like there's there's like a sick sort of humor in their lyrics, and I mm. think that has stemmed from being influenced by Eminem, because you know if Eminem can get away with it for the past four years of his career, then they're going to start doing it as well because obviously people reacted positively or a lot of people did anyway to that. And the ones who didn't, well, it still made him bigger. So yeah, I think it's just cool that they're paying homage to him. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also cool because of the time of the album. Like I just explained before, like it just would have been a really cool time to be older. I just wish I was older in that time. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, like at that time, I was in like grade four or five, and yeah, you know, I, my first album was the Eminem show, and I think my second was Get Rich or Die Trying. They were the first two that I remember listening to in my Walkman, um, or sorry, my Discman. Um, yeah, you're not and, that old. Come on. Yeah, I know my Discman. <laughs> he had cassette tapes, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I had vinyl, actually. Yeah, uh, but like, just like I wish I was older, so I would have like appreciated them more at that time. Um, you would like, have never heard about them. Yeah, they, okay. would have never, they would have never come across your path ever. I guess the internet wasn't as big then either. No. Yeah. And you weren't friends with Danny. Yeah. And Eminem was all over the radio. That's why you became a big fan. Yeah. Yeah, he was. But anyway, I'll get, I'll get off that sort of train of thought, back to the actual song. Yeah. Yeah. Everything like just the, the the word that came to my mind when I was listening to it is D O P E instrumental hook and the, <laughs> everything's dope about it. Um, it's obviously worthy of five stars. Shout out to my man Andre three thousand. <laughs> mm, your man, yeah, I love that. Your man. <laughs> uh, short and sweet hook. It's clever. It's appropriate. Um, for the, obviously the reasons Aaron mentioned about the link to the the name of the group, um, the background vocals and keyboard had this sort of trance effect on me. The first few listens, it gets you into a trance 
where it got me into a trance. Mm. So much so that I found myself not paying attention to the lyrics. <gasps> I, was, I was literally oh, no, I was literally just listening to the instrumental and the background vocals. I was just like, that was and the hook. That was it. Um, that being said, when I did focus on the lyrics, I was a big fan of the snappy back and forth verses between the three of them. Um, that's my favourite and will continue to be my favourite um, type of track uh, on this album, um, which I would want to see more of in the future, more of this yeah. kind of thing. I like this. I never get sick of someone's verse and it's just like it's just back and forth. It always keeps you interested, always keeps you on your toes. That's, um, yeah, that's for me what I want to hear more of. I loved it. Uh, five stars. Bang. Three, five stars to start the album, baby. Mm. Let's hope it doesn't go south. Oh. He's done it, boys. He's bloody done it. That's one of his best yet. That's one of his best yet. <laughs> no, it was one of his most obvious yet. <laughs> yeah, but it was smooth and simple. As we said, as long as you give me a track with one word, I'll weave it in there somehow. Phrases <laughs> that I really struggle with. Um, yeah. But the south track three I mean, before we started, you two were bickering as to who wants to take this one. So, I mean, who's going to take the South? I'm going to take it because this track, name a better one-two transition. <laughs> Just name a better one. Like, it doesn't get any better than this. this yeah, it's, even, it's hard to beat. It is hard to beat. This isn't I, even, think I, got a, I think I got one that, that transitions better later in the album. No, yeah. no, you're both interrupting me. This is the best <laughs> into another song. You're both wrong. This is as good as it gets. Like, well, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> I'm disagreeing with you. <laughs> well, you're entitled to your wrong opinion, but anyway. Uh, we'll <laughs> this is an even better instrumental than the previous track, and I thought the Ooh. previous track instrumental was really, really good, but this is not even arguably. This is insane, this instrumental. Um I don't know what the instrument is. It sounds like some sort of brass type. It sounds like, I don't know, like I'm not super familiar with all the different like brassy instruments. I hope the one I'm about yeah. to say is in that family, but it sounds like a flute or a clarinet or I don't know, some sort of like wind or maybe that's not brass. Maybe it's wind. I don't know. Whatever it is, it sounds really smooth, soulful, and yet the drums in it like give it that upbeat, sense at the same time so it's like just this combination of amazingness um the hook is catchy it's relevant to the song's content and i love the scratchy effects put on it um Mm. that's something that um i will come to question later on in the album (gasps) because i feel it's overused but i can see that it's something that at the time was a big thing. Like I, I think I remember hearing that in like other music of that era, like that scratchy effect. Eminem would even do it with his own voice. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'll probably give it a pass, but on this song, I loved it. Like I was like, this is so cool. Cause it was new and I hadn't heard it too much. Um, the content um, I think is amazing because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I, the, the build up to that really led yeah, us astray. The suspense, the like, suspense was killing me. The content is amazing, and I want to say this before 
either of you get into it as well. So it makes me look better. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This album has been sequenced very, very well. Absolutely. Every like track, well, not every single track, but a lot of the tracks like relate to the previous one. Like they're just sequenced very, very well. And I think it's very smart of them to put this song here because it's essentially taking all the listeners back to where they're from and telling them a little bit about their sort of lives growing up and what it was like, what it's like in the South. So for Mm. those people who don't know, so yeah, it was very, um, um, thoughtful of them. So the content, um, it essentially introduces listeners to what it's like where they're from, to live where they're from. Um, my favorite verse is the third one where SOS and Deacon team up um, and they deliver my favorite bars, which are, and if you don't want cops cuffing you up after your freak show, remember jail baits are developed, so check your IDs, yo. <laughs> oh, That one just made me laugh because I was just like, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> Like, I don't know. I just, it's just, it's just a funny line. So I, yeah. uh, I enjoyed that. And that was a five star track. Sure is. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll, I'll, to use a common phrase from Aaron, I'm going to bloody jump in here. <laughs> um, yeah. Like feels this. Good. Yeah. It feels good to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this song, yeah, it's basically a love letter to the South with that classic cut and linguist spin to it. And yes, it is another boom bat banger. And I, I also am guessing that it's a flute. And it's just such a unique, you know, choice of instrument for a, for a hip-hop song. But, you know, no can make any instrument sound dope. Like on a, within the context of a hip-hop track, he, he has the magic touch. He can make anything sound sick. And yes... At Matt, like you said, this is how you do a scratched hook. Agreed. And a lot of the time, scratch hooks don't even do much for me, but this one works. You've got the big pun sample in there, one of the one of the greats. You got a snippet of Tone Deaf from their debut album that you want to be given a bath. I just love the way he says that. You want to be given a bath? It's just oh, it flows off his tongue. And most importantly, every soundbite relates back to the South. So it ties the whole song together perfectly, as all good hooks should. And then SOS immediately hits you with that flow. Like, God damn, that man can spit. His flow from the get-go is just amazing. Deacon the villain picks up right where SOS left off with a dope flow of his own. And the back and forth for the final verse is just the icing on the cake. And even though the whole song is a love letter to everything under the Mason-Dixon line, um, they're not ashamed to admit that it's not all rainbows and sunshine down there. For example, when they say, but in the dirty South, everything ain't all peaceful. We still got racist people with inflated egos caught Foul cops shooting at ends like we some free throws, rough nights, bug bites from Jumanji mosquitoes. Just yeah. the idea, Jumanji mosquitoes. That is a funny image to have in your head. Like that's scary too. I just I lo- like Matt. I love everything about this song, 
And yes, it's another five-star banger. Let's go. Yeah. And I agree. Five mm. stars from me as well. And you picked up on the sample that I love, Danny. Mm-hmm. Like, get big pun in there. To me, like, you know, sometimes people who love hip-hop kind of forget about big pun yeah. um, as, as one of the greats, but he is definitely one of the greats, especially, you know, it's coming from the South. But, um, yeah, this is less about gangster shit and it's more about how good this instrumental is and how fun it would have been to rap over and how nice it sounds with their flows. Like you said, Mr. Sauce, he's fantastic. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's SOS. Oh, SOS. I just say Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Because <laughs> uh, I say, I feel Sauce because it's like Save Our Souls, but maybe that's no Mr. SOS. Yeah. Uh, and like, I like his line, and wears hip hop as a cripple with dreads missing a leg. <laughs> like that's just a funny funny light like it's just got funny imagery mm. to me mm-hmm. and it's like you know going through that like south like that it's as hip-hop like the south is in tune with hip-hop like a dude with dreadlocks is in hip-hop like um and the only way to like describe hip-hop is missing a leg your hip and hopping oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's just like that cool imagery and yeah his lines for sure, like the way he spits and they ask his meter, the grass is greener and tap is cleaner. Mm. Follow me and, and any questions, just ask the leader. Nice smooth flow the whole the whole way through. Um, and I like uh, Deacon's verse, like, here the weather's hot, streets, we keep them blocked. Mighty Gras in every spot, like we live in the land without some clocks. From them Virginia docks to Mississippi crops, Swing through Atlanta where them switches be lifting shocks. Like the internal rhyme schemes, just with the sounds they have throughout this whole track and throughout the whole album. Like I'm going to be talking about internal rhyme schemes the whole time. <laughs> but this is amazing. From start to finish, five stars. Like no doubt five stars. Mm, two in a row, baby. It's a strong start. Can they keep up the momentum? Well, as we know, love ain't one of those topics we love, to be honest. So Mm. we'll see what happens in the Mm. next track. Track four, Love Ain't. He wasn't impressed. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. But I'm going to let Aaron jump all over this right now. All righty. Well, I'm going to stroll towards it slowly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, this is another concept track and it's all about love my favorite topic Mm. and if you couldn't sense the sarcasm then i'm going to spill it out generally i'm not a fan of love songs and this fortunately for us is not one of those songs where it's just about fucking big booty bitches (laughs) rather a commentary on the idea of love and how it fucks with us and like how it can be likened to a drug. Like there's lots of um, synergy here between, you know, addiction and stuff like that. So um, there's like, it's interesting because there's like two parts to the beat. There's like the, the first half of tone deaf's verse. And then you get the full beat after his like midway through. um, And he features on this. Um, but at the start, it's simple. 
and I literally couldn't identify the instrument. Like I think I struggled throughout this album to identify the instruments, but it's simple, it's clean, it sounds good, and the contrast with the heavy drums is really nice. And then it just it's just fire. Like I love the production on these on these tracks so far. Mm. Um, and then tone deaf sounds really good. Like he's got fast, smooth flow, and he gets straight into my good books because I love to listen to fast hip hop. <laughs> However, I think his flow was a bit too fast for the beat. The beat is quite simple, quite clean, but his flow is almost faster than the drums in it. And for that, I think that when uh, Deacon and No rap over it, they do a better job because they tie in with the beat. So I think he would have had one a little bit more, like he would have had something better if he just slowed down a touch. Um, and it was just a little bit easier to grasp what Deacon and No were saying. Um, but there are some um, there are some good lines here. Like um, Deacon says, "But I've been a lucky one, loving parents, loving friends. But I still spend a lot of a lot of my life loving sin. But I ain't a genius on it. I can only pretend because overall, it's an emotion I cannot comprehend. It's mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. and that pretty much sums up everyone. Like that's everyone trying to chase love, and that's just a line that you can literally just." understand like anyone who's ever wanted to be in love is like oh you just think about it like you don't really understand it but it's just this desirable thing especially like in society as well like they just talk about love like this this perfect feeling Mm. um and then no also has the the lines like love ain't the basis for action in a nation of addicts pacing and waiting for seconds of satisfaction where the word itself is only fashioned it fits it of passion, hand in hand with animalistic orgasmic reaction, and the past isn't felt as match made in hell. <laughs> like he literally says, it's this: we chase love because we. Th- it's like this drug that we love. You like people feel like that orgasm, that like you know intense feeling, but then people move on. They're chasing the next love. They're mm. not like sitting in it and. You know, if anything with technology coming the way it has, it's only become more prevalent. And like this in 2003, like think about how apps like Tinder, Bumble, Hinge have like, you know, changed the way humans interact with one another in terms of like a love or dating type environment. It's just so quick. Um, and I think, I think they touch on, on it really well here. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall... I had a tough time choosing the best verse. Um, I, as I, as I think Tone Deaf would get it if he slowed down his verse. <laughs> he would, but it was too fast. Oh You're too fast, mate. Yeah. Oh, that's so bullshit. I'm going to give it to no. <laughs> um, and I want to finish with this hook because at first I was like, what the hell is this? shit but the more i listen to it the more it grows on me and i actually find myself singing to it it wasn't shit at all it was never shit no i found it i thought it was shit to be honest when i first you are a fool um but overall i don't think it's the strongest hook tone deaf a bit too fast (laughs) like literally like it's nitpicky but you're gonna have 
agree with me, especially yeah. coming off the last album, the last track. Um, and yeah, love is not what I felt, but I'd fuck with it and I'd give it four stars. Oh, no. No, 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 no. You did my boy dirty. You did my boy tone deaf real dirty. That's that's real rude. I read somewhere that he was like the manager of the group or he started the group or something like that. He was part of the production company. Okay, You might know more about it than me. I know he's been around for a ridiculously long time. Like he's been around since the early 90s, I think. No, but he's like responsible for the group's like starting. You could be right. I do not know that. I think I read that it was um, like, you'll have to double check, but I'm pretty sure that he helped get the production company off the ground. Okay, that might be true. Mm, that's that's what I read. I'm not sure how true it is. Uh, if one of our listeners wants to fact check us, feel free to let us know if he did or did not, or if even better, tone deaf, get in touch, let us know. <laughs> well, he's not going to get in touch after the shit you said about him. <laughs> Come on, redeem, redeem us, uh, Danny, redeem us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And And of all people... You, Aaron, to say he was rapping too fast. Mr. Worldwide Choppers, Buster Rhymes is my favourite rapper, speed rapper ever, and all that twister and all that shit. <laughs> yeah, what are but you I talking don't... about? No, but it didn't match the beat. I don't think it matched the beat. Matched the beat perfectly. Perfectly. No. Well, then the well... others didn't rap fast enough. If <laughs> 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 yeah, they ruined it. They ruined Tone Dev's verse, didn't they? Oh, this yeah. needs to go on the teaser for this album. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Well, I just want to So I'll start with the beat as well. The beat, it's just. The instrumental is just beautiful and just really sets the tone for this song. And yes, it's not exactly a love song, it's, it's, it's more a song about love. And Deacon sums it up nicely with the with the lyrics you said. I ain't a genius on it. I can only pretend because overall it's an emotion I cannot comprehend. So they basically spend the entire song trying to explain what love actually is, but at the end of the day, they can't really figure it out. And I like no. that. I like that as a concept. It's a great twist on just a classic love song formula. And just uh, the, the concept works for me a hell of a lot. I also love, and this you're wrong here, that Mo uses that vocal sample oh, so well. It's so much better than getting a random R&B singer to do a corny-ass hook. I just wish everyone in hip-hop would do hooks like this. Get the sample and make that the hook. And, and it works for me so well. I don't know what you were listening to. And then... Just didn't hit me the right way. Yeah. But it eventually did, you said? It was. It's growing on me. The more I listen to it, the more I like okay. it. Okay. Because when I was listening to it, I was like, yeah, I, I, I just thought it was really good. And I, I probably must have thought you would have really liked it. So you saying that shocked me a little bit. But um, Good thing you didn't take it personally. <laughs> I'm messing around. But what I am taking personally is Tone Deaf steals the show. He destroys this song and he always does like tone deaf is a frequent collaborator with the cunning linguists i'm not sure that he founded the group or i don't know any of that but he collaborates with them all the time he's appeared on most of their albums and mixtapes 
He's a multi-syllable, lyrical, miracle kind of rapper. And he's also, yes, a bit of a speed rapper. But there's, there's often like some deeper meaning hidden within his lyrics. Unlike most other speed rappers, you know, the busters and all that, who usually just string a whole bunch of words together that don't mean anything. And this song is a perfect example because Tone Def's verse is so profound. Just these lyrics, you best fix whatever's wrong and just move on and get on with it because you'll catch bigger fish in the sea if you manage not to drown in it. It's sad but proud or not, most of your standards go down a notch when loneliness drinks at the bar you set too high. Do you understand what he's yeah, saying? Yeah, I have those there? lines as well. That, but that is, I don't even know how to begin unpacking these lines. And I almost don't want to because trying to put it in plain English just would ruin the pure poetry of it all. But like, ugh, come on, most of your standards go down a notch. When loneliness drinks at the bar, you set too high. I just, that is just, oh, it's genius. Um, Like Deacon and No, for me, have the impossible task of following this monster of a verse. And even though they stick to the concept and deliver solid verses of their own, they, for me, are always going to be overshadowed by that tone-deaf verse for me. But this song is amazing, and it is definitely five stars, three in a row. Let's go! That is your favourite catchphrase. Let's go, baby! Where are we going, mate? Where are we bloody going? Mate, we're on the... This is... I'm just too excited. I can't contain it. Well, when you let when you find out where we're going, you let me know. <laughs> I let us know, and we'll jump in, and we'll uh, we'll head on. Well, I know you'll be jumping in, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, he strolled to this one. Yeah, <laughs> true. I need to jump, and then I'll give it five stars. Yeah. Well, I think, I think Matt's going to be on my side. All I'm going to say is, I am Phallic or the Matter Lord, Master of All with Plasma. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. I love that you brought that up. I love that you brought that up. So for all the um, unaware listeners, that is from um, their lyrics of um, Tone Deaf from, I'm going to botch the pronunciation of this yeah, song. I, I can't even say it. It's like Yurutora Kaiju or something like that. Um, yeah, it's Japanese. Yeah. Like some epic monster battle. It's from the Strange Journey volume, is it three? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, it's one of their albums, the group's album. And like, I that- am Phallic Sword, the Mad Lord, Master of War with Plasma Swords. That voice reminded me of that song. Um, and I was like, oh, What do you mean? Like, when I heard Love Ain't um, yeah. first time and I heard that voice, Tone Death's voice, I was like, Oh, that's that guy from that song. Um, oh, okay. So you didn't even realise it was actually the same dude? No. Well, I was like waiting for his voice on the album because I was like, oh, he's where, where's that guy with that voice? Um, yeah. I was. Exp- I thought he was a part of the group and I kind of wish he like was because he, he definitely- yeah, me too. He definitely would be like the um, Michi Darko of the group. He would like, he would 
like he's better than Deacon the villain. He's he's better than all of them. Like you can yeah. tell, like straight up, he has the he has the voice for it. He has like the skills. He's a better rapper than than all, all of them. Like without yeah. question, um, for sure. Um, so like I. <laughs> let me go back. Let me go back to Love Ain't. This is a song that I thought that both of you would really like because, like, you both don't like love songs and this isn't, isn't really a love song, hence, like, the the title, Love Ain't. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, I, I thought that because it wasn't, like, a soppy song, it's something that – but it's still touching on themes of love. Like, you, you, you dig it more. Um, and you both mm. – you both gave it like four or five stars, which is like a really high rating. So you both you went with what I was thinking you'd um, say. I, unlike Aaron, I liked the, I said I, I liked that it, it was a simple hook, but I found it um, impactful. Like, I don't know, it, had, it made me feel a certain way. So I, I liked it. Um, you can hear the, it's almost like the pain in their lyrics, when they uh, and the, and the delivery of them in this song, I think it matches the the content really well. Um, it's almost like confusion slash pain slash seeking for understanding. It's like it's like a combination of those things, probably and and more. Um, his vo- uh, to- the verse obviously goes to tone deaf. Um, he has this ridiculous impressive flow that I didn't like I needed to listen to it multiple times with the lyrics in front of me slowed down by a factor of bloody a thousand um to <laughs> like get what he was saying so I get what Aaron's saying because like it, there were parts was like Jesus like you're not going as fast as like I don't know um Buster or um, Twister or Eminem on some of the flows, but like it's just the way he's doing it. it. It was really hard for my brain to process what he was saying. But I think that is a part of the, a part of what he was going for, but also just a part of who he is because he's fast on all of like all, on all of the songs that I've heard him on, which is not a lot. Um, but yeah, I think that's just his style. So I I liked it. Um, the beat a slower beat than the, obviously the, the previous two tracks. It's more mellow. But that matches what the content is and the vibe of the song, so that's fine. That that's all good. Um, it would have it wouldn't have made sense if it was like the the beat or the instrumentals from the previous two songs. And it also gives something different to listen to. Um, so yeah, they're, they're branching out a bit more. Uh, the favorite lyrics are I can't remember who said them, but I think it's Earl, like it's not from Tone Deaf. It's from um, one of the last verses. Um, I. I can't die without trying. My hands are tied in knots, knowing that I'll never learn to brave the waves if I stand by the docks. And I think that's really cool because obviously like imagery and like metaphors and things like that, like essentially saying that, you know, he's comparing love to like a storm or more specifically like water and waves and, and saying that like standing on a dock, looking out into like a storm where there's really big waves, it's really, really scary. And it's like, I'm not going to go out there. But then like at the same point being like, well, like if I do go out there, like it can actually be really like um, exhilarating and like it gives you a sense of freedom and can bring you so many other forms of satisfaction. It's like if I don't just try and like throw myself off the deep end, so to speak, 
you know, I'll never know what love is actually like, or maybe never even like find love. So I thought that was a really cool um, lyric. Well, that's actually tone deaf. Yeah, is that's it? what I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, there you go. Um, and I just want to finish by saying again with the sequencing, like they're obviously starting to make comparison or bring in um, like themes now. And this is the first time that they've mentioned it quite specifically. And the theme is water. And that is like from this song onwards sort of um, weaved into songs and it's sequenced so well that the next song is obviously titled rain. And then it will talk about like that. We'll talk about that later, but like, it's just a really interesting um, theme. Like I haven't, I haven't really heard other artists do this like this before. So it's, it's cool. Um, I, I don't, I don't think it's as good as the South or Southern underground, like those two songs. But now this just comes down to personal preference now. So like another person might be like, yeah, this is five stars. And like, I I probably wouldn't be like, oh, you're completely wrong. But like for me personally, the South and Southern underground are just absolute bangers. And like, I am a bangers person. So I'm not going to like Love Ain't as much. I think it's really cool, but it's for me, not as good a song as the South and Southern Underground. So therefore I'm giving it four stars. I know that hurts me. I know, but it's just yeah. like, you see what I'm saying? Like if I was thinking. I, I, I see how they're not the same kind of style of song, but it's so amazing for what it is. And I understand that it's got nothing to do with Southern Underground and nothing to do with the South, those songs. It's an entirely different beast that's amazing. Mm. It is good. Like um, when we, when Aaron and I give it four stars, we're not saying it's shit at all. We're saying it's really good. But the way that it made me feel compared to the South and compared to Southern Underground was different and not different in a on a same level of impressed sort of way. I was like, uh. like immediately after I heard the South. And Southern Underground, I was like, I need to go back and listen to this again. The only yeah. reason I went back to Love Ain't was because of Tone Def's flow, because I had to, to understand it. But the feeling from the South and Southern Underground, I was just like, this is like insane. And they're, they're, they're both so sick. If you just had those two songs on repeat for the rest of the album, I'd be like, this is fire. Like, mm-hmm. those two songs. And then you'd say it gets a bit boring because it's the same two songs on the album. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is going to be interesting now because, because you know, you set a scary precedent where if something's not a banger on the on the same kind of wavelength as the South and Southern Underground, it's uh, hard to give it five stars. Yeah, yeah, and and that's something that I will diverge from slightly in the future of this album. But one thing I do want to say: Have you noticed that one of their tactics, other than the intros and interludes, is they seem to pair songs up? They seem to deliver them in pairs yeah I, I, yeah, yeah i noticed that for sure yeah um i sort of i think the next two the next two are paired up i think yeah yeah absolutely um so yeah i just thought i'd say that now but yeah four stars for me oh danny's upset danny's <laughs> upset <laughs> nah I, there are tears falling off his cheeks onto the desk it sounds like rain yeah okay let's move on Ha, 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 ha.
Uh, uh, Tell is upset when he just moves on. Anyway, <laughs> track number five, Rain. Rain, rain, go away. <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with this because I need to get. No, this- no, I'm gonna start. No, I'm starting. Okay, you can start. I need to get this off my off my head quickly, so then it can only improve from there. Um, oh no! Although it fits with the previous track's theme, this song felt quite tokenistic to me because God, like SOS or Sauce or whatever you want to call. No, it. don't ever <laughs> say Sauce. How was that the name? I, I kind of like Aaron's like easier way of saying it. <laughs> sauce. Um, it also sounds incredibly Australian. Sauce. Yeah, it does actually. Sorry, Mr. SOS, Mr. Worldwide. Um, <laughs> um, like, because he didn't get a verse on the better version of a love song, which is Love Ain't, Like I felt like this was gifted to him. It's like, all right, now tell us your opinion of love. Like, I don't know. I just, for some unknown reason, well, it's not unknown. For, for that reason, it didn't sit well with me. Um, I don't like the second verse's beat switch or the second verse... At, like really on the whole as it uses bars already stated in the first verse um it's sort of i re- think that's what i like i, I like about that's what i like about it okay but they use the same lines but but at the very end they, they he puts a twist on it so it's not exactly the same true i did notice that i did um the hook is okay but nothing special for me the first half of the song is its only redeeming quality of this track um but I would still skip it in the future. I wouldn't come back to it. Um, Again, this might be, like Aaron said before, it might be something that needs to grow on me, like the hook for the other song, the Love Ain't one, maybe. But I just, I re-listened to it again this morning and I was like, can I upgrade this? Can I, like, give it more stars? But I just didn't, like, didn't. I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. So at the moment, I don't usually do this don't usually give half stars, but I feel really mm-hmm. bad about giving it the stars that I have on here. So I'm going to upgrade it slightly. Um, it's two and a half stars for me. It's a pass. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aaron, I want to hear you. Cause that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, let me tell you that uh, we're going to have something different. <laughs> so, so we've gone from uh, a track about love and now we're more into a, a track about relationships. Um, and I, I will say this is not common. Like, you know, out of the hip hop albums that we've listened to, the love tracks tend to be at the back. They tend to be like the fillers That's, in a way. Yeah. Like they're, they're in like, you know, your, your 18 tracks and they're like number 16 or number 15 and they're there to fill it up yeah. and just hit the mark. This is track four, which was the third track with lyrics in it and track five are hitting on similar tones, but this is more on relationships. So I just like that they've clearly intended to hit this and they're not hiding it behind a body of work. They're like presenting it really early. And I really like that because it's not just doing it tokenistically as Matt said. So I actually disagree with you on that sense. Yeah. Um, and I also like that it's the first solo track. It's just given to Mr. SOS. Um, and it's just interesting that they, they give it to him first. Um, and then we we get into it. But the first thing that I love is that grimy sample that cannabis brings. <laughs> and 
right now, like if we think of all the people that they've paid homage to, so far, Andre 3000, Big Pun, and Cannabis. Yeah. All absolute legends in the hip-hop game, and I love that they have paid homage to those people. Yeah. So it's just really interesting that they've done it and they've actually no has gone out and gone, yeah, I'm going to choose these people. Um, and this beat, like, it's sad and it's depressing and it just hits tonality for me. Like, the piano almost represents tears. Like, it almost, just the the melody of it represents tears. And then you've got the heavy drums. And then we get this violin come out later in the beat. And what I am always really happy with is they've, like, no adds layers to his beats. Very mm. rarely are you going to get, you know, one beat for the whole track. Yeah. He's adding layers throughout, and I like that. Sometimes it's not as good as the start, and sometimes it's better with the adding layers, but at the very least, he's always trying to show off. It's like, you know, a rapper switching up their flow yeah. in the same way that a producer is adding layers to their beats. Um, And... I think the violin makes the beat a little messier, but it almost represents Mr. SOS's mindset in that he's confused, cloudy, angry. So I think it kind of works in that way where this is like, you know, quite heartfelt. Um, And he doesn't speak about that usual shit of just, you know, I want to sleep with you and then fuck off. And like, you know, I'm I'm a reliable guy. He doesn't do that. Like he doesn't, do that classic hip hop thing. Like we had a go at Psy High for, you know, saying that I won't cheat on you and all those types of lines. They're just corny. They're overused. And this is just more about his feeling about, you know, relationships. Mm. Um, he has this line. I got so used to her that without her in her, her in my mind is a blur. She found somebody quick. I won't find another for a while. She was about to be my wife and mother of my child. And that is literally the opposite of every hip hop artist who says that they just can find girls like that. Yeah. And he's saying that he's so hurt that it's going to take him a long time to find someone. Um, and, you know, the imagery of like you find out someone, some other man's been fucking out her brains. That's when your heart starts to feel the pain so much that you can feel it in your veins and you can't forget her name. That's when you literally go insane. <laughs> And you feel like you're so sad, you make it rain, and then a song plays that says. And that is unbelievable. Mm. It's just amazing. Like, I thought this is lyricism, and I thought this hits tonality. Like, they nailed it on every front. Um, And that transition into the next track with the rain is perfect. Yeah. That is really smart. We've had a go at other producers for not using transitions. And there are transitions throughout this album that are really clean and really smooth. So if you can't tell already, this is bloody five stars because it's sad and the, the rain is there and it just works. Like I at first had this at four stars, but when I reviewed it like properly and dove deep, I couldn't not give it five stars. This just worked through and through nice that's more of what i expected to hear from this song matthew (laughs) 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 next two out like this one and the next one out of the way and then i'm good 
Ah, that's interesting. Okay. I'm going to have something to say about that too. Um, Yeah. Rain, like, Matt, you've touched on it several times already. Aaron, you just kind of started mentioning it. How good is the sequencing on this album? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, like, we all know Aaron's favourite catchphrase on the podcast is album construction, album construction. Correct. You sounded like um, Arnie then when you were saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Album construction. Now, so I imagine this album is going to, you know, nail it in that department for Aaron when it comes time for the final rating. I'm sure he's going to bump it up, bump it up at least half up for uh, album construction. Spoiler alert, Danny. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm predicting that. Aaron actually predicted so well. He's like, Matt, for your next one, you've got to make sure your rating is, you've got two separate ratings. You've got album construction. (laughs) (laughs) It was absolutely perfect because I thought of Aaron and I was like, right, I'm going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, So we go from a song about love and then immediately follow it up with this song about, you know, a specific case of love gone wrong. So it just, it works. The sequencing is, is so good. Um, Aaron touched on like the progression of the instrumental, how it morphs into something more, like it, it morphs into something more ominous at the exact moment when he begins to reveal that his girl was cheating on him. I love that little touch. I think the story by SOS is just very well told and the lyrics imagine, the lyrics manage to convey a great deal of heartache, but it does get a little bit weird for me in the second verse when he starts talking about his sex tapes. Like when I really think about it, that whole scenario was kind of strange because he makes it sound like him and his ex just casually made a bunch of sex tapes together. And now he's sitting at home and watching them. Just the, the imagery just, you know, doesn't sit right with me. But that's mostly a nitpick. Um, besides that, I think, like, this contains another great example of No using a high-pitched vocal sample as a hook. I love that. Um, yes, of course, mm. the cannabis soundbite. Is, is just a nice touch as well. I really like this song. At the end of the day, though, like I have to be honest with myself. I understand it's a great song, but this song does feel like a slight step down from the other songs we've heard so far. And, and it's, it's strange because I'm the opposite to Aaron. For the longest time, I had this as a five-star song. But when I really think about it, I just don't feel as strongly about this song as I do about Southern Underground, The South, and Love Ain't. So for that reason, I'm going to hit this one with four stars, but I still really like it. You've done, you just, you've done your dogs dirty, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him enough compliments, so I'm allowed to give a four star here and there. Just don't request Mr. SOS on our podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> You know, you touched on a good point, like, you know, watching, like, imagine going back and watching your past sex tapes with your ex. Yeah. But my only counterpoint to that is imagine being that desperate and sad 
that you were like, I have no idea what happened. And you go back and you look at those sex tapes and you analyze the shit out of them, searching for answers. Yeah. Like that, that to me just reflects how fucked up his state of mind is. Like he's literally going on there and he's like, you notice on the tape, she doesn't kiss you and just fucks you. Mm, That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when your heart starts to feel the pain. And that's like the transition into there. So it's weird, yeah, but it's like, you know, the that's his mindset that he's looking for answers and yeah. then he sees the signs that he never saw before. Yeah. Well that that's not the weird part for me. Like I, I accept all of that. It's the weird part is the that they made so many sex tapes together. It's just part of their relationship. That was the weird part. Yeah. But anyway, that's just like, you know, each to their own. Just did, uh, I wouldn't do it. I guess, but I guess if, if your partner was like, yeah, I think you might be like, I'm doing all right. Let's do it. <laughs> I just, I'd just be too scared that it would get out into the, into the, you know, onto the internet. I'd be too paranoid. Yeah. But you just don't show your face. Okay. I'll put a mask on next time. <laughs> all right. Moving on. Track six, Matt, I noticed you noticed my, uh, transition i did uh, what come on tell me that was good if i I missed it completely yeah i literally just said you must be doing all right and then you just go for the sex tape i can't quote it i forgot it was too good oh interesting nah he's done well he's done bloody well danny's like but this is like a repeat offender of missing i'm always on it i'm always listening no 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 no. the first time you had an issue he didn't do it so no do you know what i've realized if i'm talking to danny he won't figure it out <laughs> yeah, try yeah, but doing doing all right is a common phrase. You can you can slip yeah. that in very seamlessly, which I did. So thank you. Yeah, uh, I gave you compliments for it. Track six, doing all well. I think I think Matt has already given it away, so he might as well go first because he didn't like it. I really don't have a lot to say about this one. Yes, yeah. So just get it out of the way then. All right, done. Um, I'd skip this in the future. The main reasons are I just found the verses like really long and draggy on, sort of like boring. I was just like not feeling them. I've, the, the instrumental for me was lackluster and the hook was very, very plain. I just was not feeling it at all. This is my two-star track. This is the one that I like with the rain one, like I, I feel like I was too harsh um, because like it had the cool theme of sticking with that water thing that I was talking about before, and maybe I need to listen to it again. But this one, I just can't get into at all. Again, listening to it this morning was like, I'm gonna upgrade this. I'm gonna give it three. But then I was like, Nah, fuck it. I'm not doing all right. This is this is a two. <laughs> this, this is a two for me. This is low. Um, and this will be the lowest point that I get to on the album. Hmm. Yeah, it's all up from here. Well, yeah, I can I can see how it's all up from here, but I just don't see again how it's a two star song. Like the message of doing all right is essentially, you know, always look on the bright side. So it makes a lot of sense to have it as like a follow up to Rain, where SOS wasn't actually doing all right. So sequencing it works perfectly. I didn't um, think about that actually. Yeah, yeah mate, a- all the sequencing the sequencing on here is is perfect. Yeah, mm. spot on. Yeah. Um I like the way Deacon and SOS both start their verses with exactly the same lyrics. Agreed. And then proceed to, you know, ponder what would happen if the world was about to end, 
while also reflecting on their life up until their point, like up until that point. Like, I don't understand what you don't like about the content of the song. What is, what's the issue? Um, I don't know. I just think like, I just, I just remember getting halfway through Deacon's verse and just being like, for whatever reason, it could have just been like a mood that I was in. It could have just been like, I was just like, wasn't, vibing i don't know a bit like it, yeah. was, a, it was a combination it was the, i didn't like the instruments and i didn't like the hook i was just like you know i'm, yeah. more, I'm more of a beats person and this one i think again it's a it's a slippery slope isn't it because then once i'm loving southern underground and and the south it's like i'm waiting for that again and mm. i just think i got over this track because i was just like i just wasn't feeling the beat and yeah, yeah. There was nothing to keep me in it, but like I can see how the lyrics, like I'm looking over the lyrics now. The lyrics are there. They're definitely like, they're not. Don't you think it's an, don't you think it's an interesting subject to tackle? Like the predicting, you know, Nostradamus predicted the world was going to end. What if it actually did end? Mm, what what yeah. would happen? It's an interesting topic to, to discuss as a song. Yeah. They've got bars. They've hundred percent got bars. Yeah, it, I think it comes down to again a personal preference thing, right? Yeah, subjective. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it, but like, like just because in my mind it's just I could never go that low. But yeah. anyway, yeah, or maybe yeah, like, maybe harsh. Like these are the things that like you know grows on you over time. Like even you said, you know, Rain was your five star track, and then yeah. and then now it's become a four star track. Like it, you change, like. Yeah, and actually, this one did grow on me. I used to have this lower than I do now, so, but not that low. <laughs> not that low. Yeah, like like the storytelling that SOS does here is just extremely for me. It's just so smooth and effortless. The whole conversation between him and the gas station attendant and the way he presents it is so naturalistic. Like like he says, yeah. I pull up to shell in my truck. Look up. Nah, Earth ain't about to erupt. Open my door, get up, slam it shut. Marv, what up? Let me get a bag of ice and a stack of plastic cups for a minute. We chat about life and all that. Then we dat. Check you out tomorrow night. I'll be back. Just like, he's just so casual and cool about it all. I love it. The whole sequence just gets me every time. There's nothing even special really about what he's saying. In that, in that particular section, but it's just the way he says it that impresses me. And Deacon has a good verse as well. I still prefer SOS here, I think. Um, I also love how No lets the beat ride out at the end. Just the combo, that's when I, like, the beat elevates for me because he lets the beat ride out. You get that combo of guitar and piano plus the drums without any lyrics it just makes me appreciate the instrumental even more. So, yeah, like I used to have this, like I had Rain at a at a five, downgraded to a four. I used to have this as a four, but this time around I just found I was enjoying the song like so much more than I remembered. So it's like the opposite of Rain and I'm upgrading this to five stars. We're back, baby, five stars. Let's go. <laughs> I'll let you say that, Tom. <laughs> you called me out on it. Now I can't say it anymore. <laughs> no, I like it. It's it. It's just, <laughs> I've noticed it a lot lately. I'm just like, oh, he yeah. said. It. 
Yeah, I'm going to keep yeah. saying it. Don't worry, yeah. I'll keep saying it. Good. And we're all going to say it as a, as a way of just keeping you in check. Yeah. So let's go. Let's um, go. All right, jump in, Aaron. Yeah, I'm jumping. <laughs> I've jumped right into this. So we've talked about the transition and then the rain disappears and the sun is coming back. Mm. Like the transition between rain and then the, like it feels like sunshine is actually really cool to me. And that positive outlook that no matter what, they'll be doing all right and doing okay. And what's even more interesting is that this is not a track about braggadocious rappers. This is just a beat about like, my life's pretty good. Yeah. Like it's not telling anybody they're the best. They're just going, it's good. Like there's some shit, yeah, but there's also some good. <laughs> um, it's not the best beat ever, but it's light heavy drums and it's easy to listen to and it's a nice vehicle for Mr. Sauce and Deacon oh, for story. <laughs> Mr. SOS. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and you said, like, I love that they start their beat, their verses the same way and they both sound really good. Um, and, like, it's just nice when Mr. SOS is, like, I think realistically on it. What could fuck up a planet in one day without warning? <laughs> and if the world does end, I can't be mad at God because life could have been much worse. At least I'm satisfied. He does have an interesting comment on society and one that I don't necessarily agree with, but I, I think you guys will probably realize it once I say it, but at least I have a have life. Some people, their life was stolen, set up for a crime and behind bars is where they told they hold them. We got kids killing kids because Earth is cold. Women using abortions as a form of birth control. It hurts the soul and leaves a scar on your conscience. But it's a blessing that I made it through this nonsense. Mm. I don't agree that women use abortions as a form of birth control. Um, but I can understand what he's trying to do in the verse. It just feels like it works in the verse. Um, but but but, but he's, he's not saying... He's not anti-abortion though. He's what he's saying is that women, like women, are so promiscuous they get pregnant all the time because they don't use protection, and so they're popping them out left and right, and they just rather get abortions all the time than than actually just wear condoms. Well, not even just yeah, women, but I just don't like think that's true. People in general aren't using contraception as much as they should. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. in in, the, in this he's mentioning I I can't remember, but yeah. But, but do you know what I'm saying? No, but like I, yeah, I, know I, what first heard it, I agreed with Aaron because I was like, oh shit, like is, is that what he's saying? But then I looked into it more. It's like, oh no, he's saying this. But like I see where it perked up Aaron's ears. But I definitely agree. I was, I was like, oh shit, what's he saying? But now I realise, no, it's more about no. He just is asking. He's just saying that people should be using contraception more. Like exactly. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, well, to be honest, he 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 himself, I, I he said that he clarified that exact lyric on Rap Genius. Did he? Yeah. All because right. because because of you know, it's an easy thing to call out, and I'm sure he got called out on it a lot. So he specifically he's verified on Rap Genius, and he went there and he and he uh, explained it. Yeah. Okay. Well. He's done that, so we'll give him a pass. Yeah. And the last one that I really liked was from uh, Deacon the Villain. He says, the devil was eating me alive, but I climbed out of the, that sandwich. 
It's just a funny image to imagine him in a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and the devil eating him. Yeah, yeah, like the devil's hungry. He's made himself a sandwich. Deacon's in there, about to be eaten, like he's a lovely little pickle or he's a bit of pizza ham, whatever you want. And he's climbed out. I yeah. prefer a pickle, like a pickle could fall out, like he's just slid out the back. <laughs> I just love that as a line, just because the imagery is so good. I can just, I'm just imagining the devil eating a sandwich. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think. I like I can't split a win here. Both story story wraps, both internal perspectives, and the hook works works for me. It's catchy, and as a result, five stars. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's jump in. Let's jump in. Let's go. <laughs> album construction. Album construction. Let's go. <laughs> Let's just rate it five stars as an album now. Woo! All right, I'm happy with that. All right, see you guys next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll take the rest of the night off. <laughs> so, Matt, how are you feeling about your two-star track now? Um, look, I expected to receive criticism for those. <laughs> um, I expected it. But it just that's how I felt when I first heard them. I think I was a little bit shitty as well because, like, I hadn't heard another true, um, The South or Southern Underground. So it's like, give me more of that. But then, like, this yeah. problem that artists face and have even referenced, like, when they give, give an album, they're never going to please everyone. Some of the shit people aren't going to fuck with. Like, it's just, like, it's just how it is. So, you know... I mean, this is what even Eminem has talked about, like very publicly. He's like, you know, of course he did. It's just like you're never, you're never going to be able to please everyone, and like it's very rare. I feel like it would be very rare for any of us to be able to find an album that every single song we five star rate. It's a hundred percent. Like everything's perfect about it. Like it would be so rare. Like Danny said, the closest one for him is the um, Mob Deep one, um, Hell on Earth. Like. Is, yeah. that, is that the closest it gets to being a perfect album? It's, it's, it's up there. I, there's probably only two songs out of all of them that I'd give maybe four stars and everything else is five. Is Relapse a perfect album? Um, I used to think so, um, but oh, there's, I think a few songs have now lowered in my esteem. Just, uh, we Made You is, a, is corny as now. Yeah. yeah, like th- things have gotten cornier over the years. The the accents never, you know, annoyed me, and they still don't. But but some of the corny songs are now annoying. But relapse, yes, it's one of my it's one of my guilty pleasures. I think that album is amazing for the mm. most part. You know what? I don't think Aaron's actually ever listened to it like all the way through. I'm sure he has. Uh, I think I haven't. I haven't sat down and properly gone through like we go through these, but I've skimmed through it. Yeah, oh, I, th- I know what I know what Matt's hinting at. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, next album, right? yeah, and I wouldn't complain. I would not complain. It'd actually be interesting to do that because, like, obviously that's one of Danny's that he's like been like, oh, that was the album that got him into Eminem. So yeah, it's like. That that would be like you'd hit on some very like it's a touchy subject that album. 
Very touchy. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this one's not touchy at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. As it, like, Danny, every album he has chosen is a touchy subject. True. Like, every time he's he's upset if we don't give it the same thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm playing okay. it up. I'm playing it up. Yeah. I, I don't really care if you don't like it as much as me. Uh and well, I you're doing that job. It's very convincing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Matt, and, Matt and Aaron gave me a shit review, but I'll be doing all right. I'll be doing okay. Hey, <laughs> yeah. geez, he's good. Uh, well done. Let's move on to the next track, track seven, Interlude One. Yo. Danny, do you want to just yeah. give this one a quick review and an overall rating like you said you would? All right, I will. Um, again... Even with this interlude, the sequencing is perfect because it wouldn't make sense tonally for the album to go from the more serious songs like Rain and Doing Alright into a track like Old School. So what do they do? They put an interlude in between. And it's like a little intermission because the, the, the album is a movie to me. This is a little intermission. So when you dive into the upbeat and braggadocious old school, it's not a jarring experience like it potentially could have been. So instead, it just feels like act two of the album is about to begin. Um, If I had to rank all these interludes, though, this would probably be my least favourite, but I still love it. And I wouldn't skip it. And... It's a slightly weaker four stars than the intro, but it's still four stars. Matt, um, what do you I'm, think? I'm saying with Danny, I didn't actually think about the, um, like what he said about the movie thing and like how it feeds into the, the next song. Like that's kind mm. of, yeah, that's cool. I like that. I'll like pay- imagine, imagine doing all right going into old school. There's no real connection that you can make. So putting the intermission in between, it's like, you know, a fresh act is about to begin. Yeah. Mm. Look, I'll give it a pass. I think you've uh, explained it well. So, um, yeah, I, um, I, I also agree. I don't think it's as good as the intro. Um, so it has to be less than four stars. So give it. I, I've said here three. You could give it three and a half if you want. If it make, helps you sleep at night. Um, yeah, I might do that. Cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not um, the wor- It's not the worst. I disagree. It's not the worst interlude on the album, though. Um, okay. Yeah, I that's think, interesting. That's very interesting to me. Now I'm curious. Yeah, I think this is a nice interlude. Um, I um, would I prefer. Wait, some... are you wait, wait, wait. Are you going to say interlude two is your least favorite? Yeah. Okay, because that's my favorite. Okay. Yeah, same. It's my favorite too. <laughs> so interesting. We'll discuss more later. <laughs> but like I put when I was writing notes about this interlude, I said, would I prefer it with some lyrical content? And I, I like I'm not saying I would or I wouldn't I'm just like I'm just questioning I'm just like but then again I'm also like well I feel like this group is big on the instrumentals like they're big about that production side of things so it's like okay maybe no maybe I'd prefer it as it is I don't know I just thought I'd throw that question out there um yeah does it add value to the album well if you're saying it's a showcase of their production then I suppose yes if you would prefer not to listen to interludes or instrumentals and just hear the like the actual songs, then do you skip it? Um, I don't know. Like I, 
probably like if I had this on in like the background, this album, and you framed it to me as an experience, which I've said before, like I listen to albums as the full thing, like it's like an experience, then yeah, I probably wouldn't skip it. So that's why I've given it three stars. I'd, like I'd listen to it again. Um, but compare, maybe I shouldn't be comparing. Maybe I shouldn't compare it to the other instrumentals or the other interludes. It's hard not to though. It's hard yeah, not to. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's good. Wait, so yeah. Interlude 2 is going to be even lower than three stars? Yeah, yeah. Interlude 2, I, yeah, we'll talk about that later. I'm a big Yeah, pop. we definitely will. <laughs> interlude 2. Oh, what kind of problem can you have with the instrumental? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, Danny, on this one. Um, it's really nice. It's not that my favorite. It's nice. It's not my favorite. But um, they have a... A bit of a crackle, another chipmunk sample, not as good as the first, but um, I, I actually questioned, I like had the same question as you, Matt, and I said I wouldn't be mad if we got some lyricism here as well. But overall, I think it works, and tonality within the album, the structure, it works, and the flow, it works. So, um, And I think it leads into the next track. It breaks it up into track eight, old school. Like it wouldn't have been the same if we went from you know, quite deep tracks into something that's fun and new and like very concepty. Yep. So yes, track eight, old school, and I'm gonna kick this one off, baby. Yeah. All right. This is how you come out of an interlude with a fire track. Mm. The beat, the concept, it's all fire, and I bloody love it. <laughs> And literally talking about how many ways they can be in this made-up history. <laughs> and, like, it's it's history, but it's all made up. Like, they've taken things that have happened and just added hip-hop in there and added themselves into it. Yeah. And it's just so funny. Like, even the beginning, before R. Kelly had his teens, Wu-Tang had their cream, Slick Rick had his rings, Crack Rock had its fiends, Martin Luther had his dreams, Stevie Wonder could sing, or Elvis was king, hip-hop was on the scene. And that sets up the whole track. And No is on this track as well. And I love his line, I caught a ride on Noah's Ark because I had a pair of pumas and two chickens on my arm. (laughs) Like he's wearing sneakers and had two girls on his arm. He caught a ride on Noah's Ark. Yeah, one of my favorite lines as well. And he also said, "I told Jesus that Jizza said sandals were feminine." <laughs> so he copped some shell toes and suede Timberlands. Yeah. Oh my god! Imagine <laughs> that. Like, oh, so funny, and just, just like, um, notice Noah was first to say check one, check two. Mm. Like, oh, that's just genius. Like, I love that one. Like he's on the boat and he's going check one animal, check second animal. Yeah, or That's he's like, check one. Noah's or Noah's on the mic going check one, check two. Yeah, love yeah. that, love that, love you. Thank and then, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, SOS. Here's I was the first to pimp Jezebel and Mona Lisa. Like he made it, made him his pimps. Yeah. Uh, nah, so, you know what's you know good? Even battled Henry the Eighth. 
with my rhyme yeah. with my rhyme player and made yeah. his wives my hoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but one of my favorites is Moses parted two tables with a mixer and played great with his DJ crates. Before him, we played tapes. I sipped fine wine with Einstein back in the days. MC Square was his stage name, and he rocked grey braids. That's my fave. That is amazing. Yeah. So, because of course, Albert Einstein's rap name would be MC Squared. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. And love the hook. More quotes from superstars of hip hop with Big Pun making his second feature appearance on the album. <laughs> I love this all day. This is five stars. And if you don't like it, flip through your history books. You'll see about a million pictures of these infamous crooks, cunning linguists. Woo! See ya. Five stars. And if you don't give this five stars, you're a moron. Oh, let's go. Oh, no. Oh, Matt, you are an absolute moron, man. You're a moron. <laughs> no, I already know Matt's going to love this song, but I'll go first. Um, this track, yes, it's the perfect example of a hyperbolic, braggadocious, hilarious hip-hop song and and the the funny thing is it's like it's like they've done a whole song of yo mama jokes but instead of like yo mama is so fat they're doing i'm so old school that so for the whole song they're bragging about how old school they are being old school is a point of pride for them like they probably weren't fans of the new mainstream shit that was that was coming out back then. They're all about the old school. Um, the beat is a good match for the type of song this is, bouncy and fun. The scratches and samples, which make up the hook, feel a little bit forced to me, though. How dare you? No, because the hook feels more like a bunch of different sound bites jumbled together rather than a cohesive set of sound bites that like flow seamlessly from one to the next. Like on the South, it was clear. It was big pun. It was tone deaf. You could hear what they were saying. This is more just like old school. Like you can't really catch any of the scratches or, or it doesn't make any kind of cohesive sense. So, I mean, it it sounded okay, but it, it didn't, blow me away um the lyrics like you guys though yeah the lyrics are amazing and you you Ari, you touched on every single one that i wanted to say so i'm not going to but they're just so good how could i not i know i know there's so many so yeah besides the hook which doesn't you know work quite as well as i would have liked the song overall is just so fun to listen to and I'm still giving it five stars. Let's go! We've done it, boys! <laughs> <laughs> this, for me, is a very cool concept for a song. The intro, as Aaron said, is funny. The beat is excellent. Ooh! The verses were fire. This, as you both know, is my favourite type of cunnilingus track when they all go in and it's back and forth between them. So it's already a combination for success. My favourite bars, I've already said, the Noah's one, um, or the one that Aaron said, I like the Noah's Ark one, and the Henry VIII one, I think they were very funny. 
Um, but the hook is absolute trash. Oh, because oh, I'm barely, fucking around with me, were you? Yeah, I was. I was trying to be edgy. Um, <laughs> I could barely understand anything that they were saying on that hook. So therefore, it's trash. If I can't understand mm. what they're saying, I'm not gonna fucking like even give it my time of day. So because of that, I'm not gonna give it five stars. I'm gonna be <gasps> going to be harsh and give it four because that hook. I don't know what they were thinking, or I don't know whoever was on the production of this song, but they clearly didn't listen to that hook because it's shit. Um, yeah. Yeah, but Matt, you said, quote unquote, I had to slow down the song to understand tone deaf to get his lyrics so why don't you just slow it down <laughs> oh god well he still gave that one four star he didn't give that five stars either yeah um but that mm. wasn't for that wasn't for tone deaf speed but this even if i slowed this down like it's not be about the speed it's something to do with the mixing they've just fucked it like yeah i, I don't know yeah. what it is yeah. They, they, yeah, it doesn't work it doesn't work as well as it should yeah yeah so like I, i'm still giving it four which is still a like a it's obviously a great song it just either get rid of the hook or redo it. Um, yeah, it's not a good hook. It probably their worst. It's actually no. It's not even probably. It's their wor- It's their worst hook on the album. Um, for me, you might be right. You might be right. Anyway, it's still four stars. It's still a good, great song. Yeah. Yeah. If you gave it any lower, I'd, I'd honestly like just cry myself to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take like- it so personal, Aaron. Jeez. Oh. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, my mood swings in seasons. What can I say? Oh, that's bad. That's yeah. really bad. Done it again. Well done. That was horrible. <laughs> that was trash. I love, I love the difference. Matt literally is always impressed, and you're always upset. <laughs> yeah. He's easily impressed. He's like a little puppet. Track nine seasons must be summer for Matt though. Oh, um, yeah, I think so. Who wants to? Who wants to take track nine? Me, take- Daddy. Me. Uh, Pick you've been me. All right. If you behave, if you behave, I'll give you this one. All right, I'll behave. All right, let's go. All right, let's go. Let's go. Do you think there's going to be a let's go at the end of this? I hope so. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is one of the Cunning Linguists' most popular songs as a group, and for good reason. Um, the concept of the song is just entirely unique and original, plus it's extremely well executed. The track features legendary member of the Juice crew, Master Ace, and the four of them do just an incredible job of breaking down the different eras of hip-hop where each era is represented by a season of the year. That is just such an amazing concept executed so well yeah um and the track this is another one where no handed off the production it's produced by rjd2 and he just he lays down one of my favorite instrumentals of the entire album um it's just fire yeah master ace kicks things off talking about the earliest days of hip-hop which is represented by Spring. And it's it's great that they actually got Master Ace for this song because he was actually there when hip-hop was beginning to blossom. He was a part of the Juice crew, you know, mid-80s is how, is how far back he goes. So he's 
he's a he's a legend. And then Master Ace is followed up by Deacon the villain, who gets to cover the golden age of hip hop, and that uh, you know appropriately represented by Summer. And I loved the line. Free speech pollination kept bees colonizing in hives and stung Dolores Tucker right in her pride. Mm. Because Dolores Tucker is such an infamous figure in hip-hop history. She was very vocal about her hatred of the genre. And so I just love the imagery of a bunch of bees chasing her around and stinging her in the ass. It's just awesome. Um, After the Golden Age, though, Things take a turn for the worst. Um, as No says in his opening lines, as the East versus West winds blew, causing two legends to fall like maple leaves from escalated beef. Assumed that the worst was over till these cats started wearing shiny costumes like the 31st of October. It's Halloween, baby. Is that a reference you ha- in his videos? Is it a reference to what? Diddy in his videos, like he, that was. It's, when- yeah, it's a direct reference to. It's it's specifically that was the shiny suit era. It was called, mm. and it was like that was where the majority of mainstream hip hop becomes style over substance. Like before then, everyone was unique and original. You had Wu Tang, and you had Tupac, and you had just all these people doing different things, and then Diddy, you know, just takes all of the mainstream and just like everything's shiny and it's all about the money and you know that's all thanks to diddy and bad boy records mm. but yeah i also like in that how he says the fall of biggie and tupac as in yeah. fall as in autumn it's just mm, so good um and then finally sos takes us into the early 2000s where now it is all about the money and that bling bling um, he's got those lines, jolly fat white men get paid when rap hits the shelves and artists themselves get treated like elves. Matter of fact, Santa's gotten so greedy when a rapper sells, you even need clearance to sample jingle bells. What the hell? Yeah, like, I love that. Yeah. So now in this day of, you know, 2003 or early millennium, like everyone wants a piece of the pie samples need to be cleared and they cost a fortune like whereas back in the day you could sample whatever you wanted and it was all affordable and there was no fear of the copyright police so shit changed shit very much changed um and then sos hits us with that final line but it's about time for the cycle to start over So they've all had enough of the winter and now they want to see a new golden age of hip-hop. But actually the very last thing we hear is Master Ace saying, how are we going to start it? Which leads perfectly into the next track. And, you know, if if the next song is anything to go by, like perhaps they're hoping the next cycle will start with, you know, the underground. Although... Things don't seem so great down there, as we'll soon find out. But another example of, you know, great album construction. The song is amazing in every single way. This is a massive, massive five stars. Let's go. (laughs) 
Just the down. I love the. Lo- I love the like, <laughs> subtle. Let's go. Like almost whisper. Let's go. <laughs> Got to change it up. Well, this is in my mind the best transition between songs. Because from, from this to the from next, this one to the next one, correct? Because they're talking about how shit hip hop is, and then they take accountability and they go, "How are we gonna start it? How are yeah. we gonna start?" It? And then it goes into the next one. To me, that's the best transition they've got because they're talking about how bad it is. They need to start the cycle over, and then then they jump into the next one. So this, to me, is the best transition they have, which is why Matt, I disagreed with you. Um, when it came to transitions. But if you gave me this beat alone, I'd give you five stars because mm. this is so pleasant, violin, heavy drums, and I love that. It's melodic and it's nice. It makes it really easy for the rappers to once again do their thing. They're, it's incredibly legible. The concept shines and the beat really allows that to happen. Um, and yeah, you pretty much touched on everything, Danny, how it goes through the ages. Um, you know, Master Ace is a nice touch um, on here. He does a really good job. He kicks it off. Um, and I just like the when Deacon's in the summer, he's like, green was flooding us, our scene. Although the skin was tanner, fuck the police jumping over radio scanners. It was hot in the shade. We had paint all over the canvas. Fuck vanilla ice cones. We had tea, Cubes America's most, and wanted that chronic on the left coast. Yeah. Like that is on such. On the left coast, not the west coast. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, but the west is on the left. <laughs> no, but I think they so, also did that yeah. to like squash that east coast, west coast bullshit. Oh, it was, re- it was squashed by then. Yeah, they squashed it. You heard but, it here first. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> And and the funny line is as well beyond gimmicks and fake plastic tits, Outcast and Raekwon dropped fall classic hits. Born mm. to roll, so I'm t- taking you back to school days of autumn before the bottom dropped out in 2K. Yeah, I just feel like it's it was autumn. There were still some positives, but it was on the way down. And Danny, yeah, that last verse with Mr. SOS hit the nail on the head those were my quotables as well mm-hmm. um and just that line now we got r&b cats stealing classic rap tracks <laughs> like saying that people who are not hip-hop artists are taking the work of hip-hop artists and claiming it for themselves and just ruins the the genre um yeah this is five stars but i got some bad news for uh the the cunning linguists because 50 Cents, Get Rich or Die Trying, came out in 2003, oh. February, and he was the resurgence of... <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Oh, facts. Nothing but facts. Straight facts. That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. 50 Cents, Get Rich or Die Trying was a classic and arguably one of the best solo albums ever. And I know it's not your favourite, Danny, but it is a classic. Did it so, restart the cycle, you reckon? I don't think it hurt it. I don't think it hurt it at all. It would definitely be up there in one of the best tracks of the early 2000s, one of the best albums of the 20, early 2000s. Yeah, it's an undeniable classic. I'm not going to deny. 
So it was the biggest. He was the biggest artist. There was no one bigger than him at the, He was even. He was even bigger than Eminem. Even Eminem himself said he'd never seen anything like it. Straight out the gate, no one ever had a better like debut album than Fifty Cent, and yet he still didn't get any awards for it. And he didn't deserve any either. Oh, you little! How dare you! We're never going to get Fifty Cent on this album because he on this <laughs> because of you. No, I thought you were best friends with him. You get letters all the time from him. What's going yeah, on? I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't. Anyway, um, yeah, five stars, baby. This is five stars. And if you would just like rate this on the beat alone, I would have given it five stars. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I'll make my review think- quick, boys. Um, and I think Andre 3000 makes another appearance, by the way. Ooh. Yes. Uh, where, where? I think he was sampled in the hook. Okay. Well, they mentioned Outcast anyway, so. Yeah. So, but now the question is, who'll get more mentions, Big Pun or Andre? When was Big Pun mentioned other than Southern Underground? Or no, the South. Yeah. He was mentioned in the South and he was also in Doing All Right, I think. Oh, I don't remember him in anything except the South. You might be making it up. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> he's doing all right. I'm pretty sure he was twice. Uh, don't know. Listeners, call in. Let us know. Call in. Anyway, can't be bothered looking through my notes anymore. Yeah. Um, he was in um, – no, I've got it. I found it. He was in old school. Mm, Big maybe. Pun. Big Pun was there. Yeah, but Go that back. hook was so – you know, all over the place. It's really hard to pick it up. He might have been in there. He was. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Matt. Go. Let's yeah. let's kill this. Let's just get this out of the way and so we can move on. There is nothing I dislike about this song. Five stars, baby. Let's go. <laughs> that is the fastest review ever. Yeah. Let's make them all like that from now on. <laughs> yeah. Um. I just want to say that this is the most creative concept song on the album thus far. Um, the and Danny's already said my favourite lyrics, but I'm going to say them again. Hey, jolly fat white men get paid when rap hits the shelves, and artists themselves get treated like elves. Matter of fact, Santa's gotten so greedy when a rapper sells. You even need clearance to sample jingle bells. Fun fact: um, <laughs> there are two artists. According to Rappy Genius, that have sampled Jingle Bells before. Did you know that? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's a it's an actual uh, it's a vibe apparently. Um, <laughs> so I, I I like that line just because like it it had some um, some facts historical behind. relevance. Yeah, yeah. So it says um, here in on Genius in 1987, Run DMC sampled Jingle Bells on Christmas in. Hollis, um, and yeah. in 2001, Wu Tang Clan sampled it on Dashing Reasons. Okay, yeah. Mm. So I believe it. I just thought that was really cool. Um, so yeah, it's a five and a half star track, baby. Whoa! Oh. <laughs> no, no, it's just it's, it's it's five. I'm giving it five. We're not. Let's not get ridiculous. But no, <laughs> I also knew that it was the most famous one from this album by the amount of views it had on Rap Genius. I think this one had the most, possibly. From this album, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's not their most popular um, overall, but from this album, for sure. Yeah. But anyway, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Let's go, baby. Danny, how do you feel about that? All five stars. 
Yeah, it's that that is that is the most expected thing from that song. I How cannot... filthy would you have been? No, no, you... no, 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 no. Okay, that was you. That was bad. You set me up, and I'm <laughs> yeah. shutting that shit down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, track ten: nasty, filthy dog. <laughs> <laughs> It's just nasty, filthy. I just added the dog for effect. Yeah. Uh, track ten, nasty, filthy. Who will kick it off? Matt. Matt's going. All right. Um, here's what I feel about nasty, filthy. It is. It actually has my um, favorite lyrics on the album. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I want to say them. Uh, now. I wonder. I want to say yeah. them now because they're just so good. Um, I wonder who would be mentioned in those lyrics <laughs> to make it your favourite. It's going to be interesting to hear. I'm writing I'm so many bets. soap songs, but I also love like how like when he says these lyrics in the background, like there's that other voice saying the like the second part. So it's like I'm yeah. writing so many dope songs, but who's hearing them? <laughs> Deacon hits the open mics, but who's cheering him? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because it's so like but it's so sad at the same time because it's like you can hear the frustration like uh, can you speak yeah. about, like you've written this dope song but nobody's hearing your song and you go <laughs> to this show spitting this dope verse but nobody's there to cheer you on it's just like you just spit yeah. yourself um feeling nasty filthy or any of those synonyms without me the game's the same i'm a, i ain't eminent <laughs> <laughs> good is that line like it is very good it's just so good like <laughs> i just love that it's the opposite of braggadocious hip-hop yeah it's just like literally going i'm not that good <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm gonna be like this podcast to be honest it's a bit of... <laughs> now come on come on <laughs> now our podcast is better than eminem yeah exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like this is just, it's just funny. It's just self-deprecating. It's, it's, it's not true. Like, cause obviously they do have a big, like Danny said, they've had, they do have a fan base. The game wouldn't be the same without them, but I think they're just like, uh, that's debatable. They've, they've contributed a lot of good, good music, but if they never existed, I don't think anything would, would have changed. You don't think they've like brought anything new? to the hip-hop scene. No, it's like they, they didn't make an impact. Like, they didn't, you know, change the game. They just put out amazing music. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Eminem changed the game. He brought, like, underground battle rap to the mainstream. Dr. Dre changed the game, you know. Mm-hmm. Heaps of people changed the game. They didn't change the game. But they're amazing. Okay. Arguable. I'm sure some like super, super diehard fans would be like, nah, these guys are like... They may, they may have done something for the underground. Maybe, actually. Like, they may have given, you know, yeah, more respectable to be an underground rapper, maybe, yeah, because of them. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I'd have to look into it. And they could have inspired other artists who are maybe bigger than them. Like, there might be some artists out there who would say, like, they, these guys influenced them to start rapping. You never know. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably had some impact. I'm just not. I'm saying, you know, not a massive global impact. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
Um, but those lyrics, they're my favorite. Um, spoiler alert, they're my favorite from the album because they're just so funny. Um, because because they say Eminem. Yeah, exactly. If they just had Eminem in the lyrics, I'd just be like, yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. um, the instrumental is amazing, um, especially the smooth cruising in my whip vibe that it gives off. This is a cruising song um, for me. Dope verses, especially SOSs and Deacons. Uh, it's yeah. interesting hearing their struggles as rappers, like trying to make it big, especially when they're considered underground. So I thought that was a like a cool subject matter to be exploring. Um, I also dig the succinct and soulful hook. Hmm. Hmm. I give this song, I don't know why, I've given it, <laughs> I've given it four and a half stars. I don't know why I haven't given it one. What? I don't know you why. Don't even you don't give half stars. You don't give half stars, yeah. Yeah, I know, but for this one, I was like, there was something about it that I wasn't sure, like, compared to the previous track seasons, I, like, preferred that more. So I was like, nah, I'm giving this four and a half, but I'm not sure why. I need to listen to this one again. Yeah, well, seasons is a hard act to follow, I will admit. Yeah. I think, I think I was comparing it to that. So we're going to go four and a half. Because there's so the sequencing doesn't work in a way. No, I didn't even notice that sequencing that Aaron was mentioning. Now I need to listen to them both again. But I'm sure there is sequencing in these two songs because that's a hundred percent. Yeah, because they seem to do it in twos. So yeah, a hundred percent there is. But anyway, I just it wasn't as good for me as seasons, but uh, could be wrong. Could be five stars, four and a half. Um, yeah. I'll go all the way. I'll give it the five. I'll add. I'll add, I'll add an extra half for you, mate. Cheers, mate. Um. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This so this song gives us an insight into the everyday struggles of being an underground rapper, and yeah. you know, basically everyone is poor and desperate to get signed by a record label. The beat switches multiple times throughout the song, and I love every time it happens, especially the beat that plays under Deacon's verse at the end. It's just so smooth, and and this. It has this West Coast vibe to it, which is appropriate because he briefly mentions that a West Coast record label might be interested in signing him. So that beat switch works even more than, than it would otherwise. Um, there's also the hawk you mentioned by Deacon, which I think is very catchy. Just that nasty, filthy underground. It's so good. Um, it's it's It sounds like... Deacon probably had the standout performance for me just because he has, you know, that catchy hawk and the lyrics, which you mention, you know, but, you know, they mentioned the God, they mentioned the rap God, Eminem. <laughs> it's just a cool, it's just a cool reference, you know, and, and just, yeah, the contrast between the biggest rapper in the world and the extremely underground kind of linguist. It just, it works for this song. I think the featured guests, Superstition and Cashmere the Pro, are fine. They do a good job. They do well to keep within the concept of the song, and I, I have no complaints. So the other thing I wanted to mention, which you didn't touch on, I find the skit at the end to be genuinely hilarious. Oh, no. I, uh, when I was writing my notes, I did write that too. I said, yeah, I agree. I agree. That is funny. funny. Good. Good. Yeah. yeah. Monkey, monkey. Oh, that is so funny. And, again, it leads perfectly 
into the next track, like with someone being stuck in traffic on the freeway, which is exactly how Falling Down starts. Yeah. And the fake Bahamen song makes me laugh every time. Just Michael Jackson, fuck your monkey. It's just like, fuck your monkey. Yeah. Oh, I usually hate skits, but I will definitely allow it this time because it's hilarious. And overall, five stars. That's the end. Let's go. All right. My turn. <laughs> I don't want to say let's go anymore. I feel like I've been pigeonholed into saying let's go. Yeah, and now I it. don't want to say it anymore. Uh, look, I also really like how this is the opposite of braggadocious. We hear about, you know, how good rappers are. Yeah. But in this one, we literally hear about how shit they are. In other <laughs> words, how nasty and filthy they are. And it almost, and it literally describes the challenges of like up and coming artists in any genre of music, in any genre of any creativity, you know, sport, anything like that. It's the challenge that people have to have to decide on. Um, but before we go into any meaning, the beat, the beat changed seven seconds in, and I'm not gonna lie. As soon as it changes, I'm a little bit disappointed. <laughs> really like the sound of the first seven seconds. Like it disappears, and I'm like, oh, I want <laughs> to hear the rest of that. Yeah. But having said that, the actual beat is also really good. So yeah. not all is lost. I'm just a little disappointed that they didn't finish off the other beat. <laughs> um, it has a soul sample, piano, heavy drums. Do I need to say any more? Yes, you do. Keep talking. Um, well, I love. I don't know if mis- you wait, wait, wait. I don't know if you have this in your notes or anything. But did you like the the beat switch of you know for Deacon's last verse? Uh, I didn't have it in my notes. Um, Do you remember it? Like it's the smooth soul kind of thing. Yeah, just because, I, I, just because it's so West Coast to me, and I know you're anti West Coast, so I thought that might have been your least favorite beat switch, but. I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm anti-West Coast. It's you just are. Not you are. Coast. You are. You hate Tupac and Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. You've said that. <laughs> when? <laughs> all the time. Oh, yeah, all the time in all the other podcasts. <laughs> yeah. And you've never pigeonholed me and said it for me. <laughs> but um, Mr. Mister SOS, I love that he starts with, I got dope flows for shows but got no one to watch. I got no dough for clothes, but got hose on my jock. They don't know I'm broke because I told them I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like going out with a girl and being like, yeah, I'm, I'm a millionaire. Like, yeah, like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that, yeah, it just makes me laugh every time that that's the only reason he gets girls is just because he told them he's not broke, <laughs> um, even though he is. Um, yeah, and like Superstition has, it's like, it's just another episode from the Independent Penniless, my D&D Studios, a multi-track mini-disc. Mm. Like that's how he produces his tracks. I'm bankrupt for life and passed you on all my loans Got these bill collectors trying to reach me through studio phones. <laughs> all he's doing is he doesn't have a phone. He's just spending all his money on the studio. Um, yeah, if you see me with a TV in the back of my car, don't get twisted and start thinking I'm a spectacular star. Yeah, Like, he lives there. That's what he's trying to say. And, yeah, just the – and 
Deacon says it as well. Like rent's due in less than two weeks now. Labels calling, claiming they love loving my street sound. And then days passed. Now they're saying that they'll catch me on the rebound. Like just imagine that. You think that you've got your deal, and then all of a sudden they're like, actually no. And he finishes it really well. So next Thursday, when my paycheck is sent, will it be for that studio time or rent? I don't know, yo. <laughs> and and then and then that's it. He's literally in the car, and it's monkey, 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 monkey. <laughs> oh god, I could listen to that all day. But I agree with Matt. I didn't like this hook that much. The hook didn't work for me. Wow. Um, Wait, did Matt say that? No, I, I, I liked yeah. the hook. I just said it wasn't as good as the. I said the song wasn't as good as season, so I gave it less. Well, I'm deducting half a half a star because I just didn't love the hook. I think the hook is insanely catchy. It didn't. It didn't work for me. It just didn't get me. So half a star for that, and I'm still going to give it four and a half stars. Um, and then uh, we're clearly falling down. So <laughs> no, that, that was pathetic. <laughs> you can tell when you're uh, about to do it sometimes because it's like a flat. Yeah. Or you can like literally hear the cock, like the cogs turning in his. <laughs> yeah. So he, true. He's like monkey, monkey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've actually got a monkey just like you know in my brain, just like <laughs> in, in the Simpsons, Homer Simpson, yeah, banging the brass together. That's literally my brain all the yeah. time. Uh, anyway, track eleven, falling down. Have you have either mm. seen the movie Falling Down from nineteen ninety three? Mate, I own the movie on Blu ray. How is no. the movie? Because and why? Actually, I'm gonna throw this back on you now. You know the that movie, The Box. Is it called The Box? The Box. No, not The Box. The um, oh, what was that song you shared the other day on Facebook with us? And like, oh, yeah, The Box. Yeah, The Box. Yeah, so I was right. Uh, <laughs> Damn, where'd you run this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, What's that got to do with this? So, yeah, why are we hiding this movie from us then? Why haven't we experienced this when we've come over to your place before? I'll tell you why, Matt, because it got 58 on Metacritic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's the greatest. I'm literally staring at it right now. It's in, it's in a section of my movie collection that's not on the main shelf. But yet, it's good enough... It, Good enough for you to buy on Blu-ray. <laughs> nope, I bought it because I wanted to watch it. Uh, okay. I hadn't seen it before I bought it. But what? It's made good. You want to I think it? it's it's okay. It's it's not bad. Okay. What made you want to watch it? But but it's not it's not a it's it's like a six out of ten. But I wanted to watch it because of the premise. The premise is is so cool. Just like a man who. An everyday guy, basically, who just keeps getting pushed and pushed until he finally snaps and violently takes out his frustration on the world around him, which is exactly what the song is. Mm. So, like, this song is obviously based on the movie, and and it's and the song is way better, Mm. in my opinion. Like, I'll just start because I've already started talking about it. and yeah, in terms of album sequencing, like you could say that all the hardships, you know, experienced as an underground rapper um, from Nasty Filthy could eventually push someone over the edge and then we get falling down. And just 
as a concept for a song and the way oh my oh well the way they pull it off i can't but i'll get to that there there are six different instrumentals on this one song and i love how the initial beat of each verse functions as like a sort of like a calm before the storm and then the following beat switch will like essentially be like a more heightened dramatic version of that original beat which just works with the concept so well i just love how no uses the beat switches to really capture the feeling of a mental breakdown and this song is an example of skits done right this song does not work nearly as well without the skits that occurred just before they go mental um agreed i love how you know they basically function as as the final straw that breaks the camel's back so they have a clear function and they're they're funny just like that hey dan oh dan oh uh, gotta let you go it's just so funny um deacon and deacon the villain is the one who is stuck in traffic at the end of nasty filthy and the standout line from him is if you're an actor am i your fucking audience kids look how many different directions his body went it's okay. Yeah. I'm not crazy. I got kids your age. Don't be afraid. I said, don't be afraid. Behave. Oh, it's so. I just, I like the way he tries to reassure the kids, but he does it in a way that makes him seem even more deranged and crazy than he did before. Just works so well. But Mr. S O S knocks it out of the park. He blows this song out of the water. His mental breakdown energy is through the roof. And the shock value lyrics are hilarious. Bite off her nipple like it's on the menu and spit it out the drive-thru window inside a pento and leave the driver crippled. Then I fire my pistol like it's a missile, start to hear sirens whistle. I've lost my mind, it's official. Grab my manager's pencil and stick it in his eye tissue for having a time issue. Just, oh my God. He's, he blows me away in this song. The only bad thing about SOS's verse is that it makes No's following verse feel extremely anticlimactic in comparison. Like, I think the main problem is that SOS was basically like speed wrapping his mental breakdown and then no slowed it down way too much. But I still enjoyed no's verse, just felt anticlimactic compared to SOS. But I do like the way he ties the whole song together with his final lines. The chance for survival is minuscule. I see two dudes walking towards the pawn shop. They about to get it too, which is referring to Deacon and SOS. Because yeah. they end their, end their verses going to a pawn shop. So you assume he's about to put them out of their misery. But um, at the end of the day, this song is six and a half minutes long and it absolutely flies by because you're just so engrossed by the storytelling all the way through. So this is a phenomenal track, 100% five stars. 
Well, let's see if we agree then, shall we? Well, can I I want to predict that I want to predict that you're going to give it five stars and Matt is not. But, you know, I could be proven wrong. Well, in that case, I might kick it off uh, <laughs> and wait for the, for, the, for the bombshell to drop a little bit later. <laughs> but anyway, um, let me just say these verses are all fucked up in their own type of way. Yeah. In the way that it's about gun violence, killing children, gun- violence against women and other innocent people. It's dark, sinister, and, like, would you think this is in that horrorcore genre? Uh, it has elements of. Yeah. I wouldn't say so, it's fully horrorcore, though, because it's it, it has a very clear concept it's going for. It's just, it's more of like a, you know, these guys have been pushed over the edge and they've snapped. Yeah. And for me personally, like, I'm not a huge fan of hearing about men beating the shit out of women. That's It's just not pleasant to me. It's like it just doesn't sit well with me personally. Um, so there's like it's, oh. I know it's dark and I know it's a concept. Now we need but, to do relapse now. You're gonna hate that album. Yeah, well, I just it's just not not the best. I don't like. I just don't personally don't love it um, because I think there's way too much of that that happens like in the real world, um, like let alone in here. But I understand this is entertainment, so I, I think it's important to just say that. This is obviously like just a concept and taking the extreme to that point mm. and that obviously none of us um, condone any of the actions that they take. No, but, it's shock value. It's it's yeah. it's a specific brand of rap that is sh- for shock value's sake. Eminem made his name off of shock value rap from the start. Yeah. But like, what I would love is that intro sample with the fe- like the female sample, but I went nearly crazy and I went clearly crazy. <laughs> that tells you exactly what's going to happen in this track. There's things that are going to happen, and they're nearly going to go crazy. And then there's something that happens, and they clearly go crazy. Yeah. And that is the formula that they have, and they hit the nail on the head. And, like, that's exactly what happens. The first verse, to me, Deacon's fast drums and piano, that beat is my favourite. It just sounds so good. And I just love his lines. Loosen my tie, wipe the sweat out of my eyes, mixed with tears, mine thick with fears. I've lost everything that I've done, built for years. Kick my door open, dive out, feeling some escape. Like he's he's sad, but he hasn't lost it yet. And then you have the dialogue and then he loses it. And he goes nuts and he starts shooting the shit out of people. Um, and he's like, motherfucker, is my one car really halting movement? I got some powerful shit in my trunk. Want me to use it? <laughs> and I also liked, look away, lady, before I Swiss cheese your Mazda. <laughs> Am I crazy for wanting my babies to have a father? And I just like that because Matt has a Mazda. I just imagine him <laughs> saying that to Matt. And, just, and I can just imagine the panic that Matt would have on his face. <laughs> they were my favorite um, lines. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, just... And but you're right, Mr. SOS's verse is the crazy verse. And it's crazy because of what actually happens at the beginning, like how sad it is. Yeah. Imagine, imagine being that that person that your partner, you know, you work, you know, at a at a fast food place, a dead end job, you've just made it to grill, your boss is an asshole, he makes you go clean the toilets, and then you you look at the ring that you've saved up to get with your minimum wage job. 
to calm you down and it goes down the toilet. <laughs> right? And imagine and then he goes, you know what? She's she's the love of my life. She'll understand. She'll still marry me. We love each other. And then she says, Yeah, whatever. I'm seeing somebody else anyway. Loser. <laughs> and that imagine and this goes back to like their relationship piece. Like you know, you know the part your partner's cheating on you yeah. with someone, and it just breaks your heart. Yeah. And then he goes mental, like actually men- mentally says, "I like how he goes, and then he starts, yeah, and then he scream, yeah, yeah, fuck you for real, snuff to your girl, smack you in the face, foot to your crotch, call the cops, thanks for the gat, rat a tat tat, crime in the act, bitch, do you want fries with that?" <laughs> and like literally, he's shooting cops, he's beating his 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 now ex up clearly and he just loses it but yeah. i like that that first part of that experience like you can really identify the other two verses you can't really identify they're not the same in like the re- like how commonplace it could be for someone to you know work a dead end job and be so in love mm. um whereas and then you get into um uh nose verse and you're right in terms of tonality it doesn't hit as well because sauce uh mr sos oh. sorry <laughs> he went really hard he went so hard and then the beat kind of slows and mellows all of a sudden um but again his his line that i really like is i walked in on my friend with his hand caught in my wife's panties elastic while she was wearing them <laughs> um and that was just really but that's just like uh Obviously, like you didn't need to say that, but at the same time, I just liked that that added detail. Um, and then he goes nuts as well. No, Mr. Johnson, your ass is fired. Here's your pink slip hit with the six clips. Salespeople out front, I didn't forget y'all walk in the dollar store and just let off. Now, even the manager's body is 50% off. <laughs> that is good. That is actually good. Um, yeah, I like the how it ties in together. Um, I actually found this a really hard track to review because of, there were so many moving parts of it. And I think technically it's five stars. However, because I would have to be in a particular mood for it and I don't think it fits in a playlist and it loses out on replayability. And for that, I'm giving it three stars. <laughs> Mine <laughs> explodes. Three stars. And, yeah. You've done it. And... I'm also going to say those beats where they go crazy are not nice to listen to. They're not pleasant. I understand they fit thematically, but they're not actually pleasant to listen to. They're really fucked and messy. And as much as it works for the concept, I don't see myself going back to this and listening to it because it's just not that pleasant to listen to. So I have to give it three stars. That is ridiculous. And I needed a break up. No, 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 no. That is, this is the most wrong you have ever been. Out no, of all the podcasts, out of all the reviews, every single song we've ever done, this is the most wrong you've ever been. <laughs> Tell me which playlist this goes to, Danny. Those the playlist of amazing songs with amazing concepts. <laughs> I don't think this has replayability. You couldn't play this like for people. It like it's just 
at the the back that I'm not playing it for people. I'm playing it for myself, and I enjoy the shit out of it. And it's hilarious and amazing and so extremely well executed. He's trying to tell us something, Aaron. He's going to have a breakdown. <laughs> I'm having one right now. Aaron's caused it. No, you need to go. You need to go. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's just not that pleasant to listen to. No, this to. is one where the playlist theory doesn't work. No, but this is one where it's not that pleasant to listen to. Like, technically, they kill it. However, when I go back and review the full song, how many times would I go back and listen to this and honestly say... Every time. No, I wouldn't. When I get giddy listening to this album all the way through, excited for when this song is going to finally come on. Excited to experience the entire story of all three of these dudes going through the worst days of their lives and taking it out on the world in the most funniest way possible. Are you crazy? Maybe. We have spent a very long time on this song, so I'm going to tell you my (laughs) thoughts, which is going to meet somewhere in the middle of both of you. (laughs) Oh, God. So this is a four-star track for me. I can see why Danny would rate it five. I can also see why Aaron would rate it three. Um, I think Danny was generous, but it's understandable. There's no, there's nothing generous about it. There's really nothing generous about it. It's, it's genius. The song is genius and so amazingly well executed. Knowing the type of music that you like and naturally gravitate towards, I can see why you give it five stars. Hearing Aaron's points about replayability i also do get that though um it's sort of it's it's shocking and amazing the first time you listen to it but then you know it's coming so it's sort of like it's sort of like stan like i listened you listen to that the first time like wow you listen to a second like this is crazy and then the more times you listen to it like i know it's coming and it's not as pleasant it's more jarring at points to listen to um but that jarring effect is relevant for the context of the song however it's not something that will appeal to a lot of people it might appeal to yourself which is fine because like there's no doubt it is a great song but i'm of the opinion that i would yes i'd need to be in a certain mood to listen to this song um and it's not as like if you were going to tell me what we want to listen to would you want to listen to the south or this in the car I'd go the South because the South is more melodic. It's more, this is just, this song is just purely for like, I want to show you some cool shit. Like this is some cool shit, this song. Like, but it, I wouldn't even, I don't know if I'd class it as a song. It's more of a track for me because it does. <laughs> You're like, I've said that before. That, that doesn't make any sense. Like, the song and the track is the same. No, the song and the track is the same. A song, a song for me is something that's melodic and has this really nice chorus that, like, I can vibe to. A track is lacking of that. Um, <laughs> uh, They're literally interchangeable, those two <laughs> words. But, um, like, I think it's so cool that they base this on watching that movie and then they've created verses in their own imaginary worlds of these things happening based on that movie um, in their own lives. One word to describe this track would be diverse. It is incredibly diverse. Um, each rapper spitting their own personal take on the movie with the occasional surprise of that second up-tempo ten- verse is, is insane. I don't think they all do it, though, do they? Yeah, they What do you do. mean? Do they all have that second up-tempo verse? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I must have, like, for some reason missed that. Um, I thought only a couple. 
Um, but okay, so your so your entire opinion is invalid if you miss the entire point of the song. <laughs> um, the beat changes are cool. How they represent their moods. It's a long song, but it's very well done. Um, and my favorite lyrics are the Maz- Mazda ones. But I like how he says Mazda. He says he says like Mazda, um, like American style. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those Americans, so silly. Those I Americans. I know it's the a- way they speak. <laughs> Tell me about it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's, it's a very very good track. It's 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 no South. Um, it's no Southern Underground, but it's in a league of its own. And if if that's your type of league, then you're going to give it five stars. If it's not, then you're probably going to recognize it definitely has cool elements, but it's not something that you're going to go back to and listen to every day. So it's 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 an acquired taste, this song, but you have to give it props for what, it's, what it has done. Yeah. Yeah. I like that review more than Aaron's. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> Oh, uh, I can't I believe it. I just, again, you, I just can't you said, believe it. You said that um, Aaron will give it five, you'll give it five, and I'll give it four. <laughs> yeah, that's what I That's what I thought. So I was pretty, you know, spot on with you. Yeah. And well, I don't know Aaron at all. No, nah, no one does, to be honest. <laughs> no one does. It's like day and night, <laughs> sunrise and sunset. Yeah, leave it, leave it to Aaron. At least, at least it's funny when it's embarrassing for Aaron. <laughs> Yeah, leave it for the pros. <laughs> uh, oh, well, the sun's setting on this album, so uh, let Oh, no, okay, Matt, you can take over. Nice, you can do them. <laughs> I'd say the sun is just rising, to be honest. <laughs> Good one. You should do it from now on. <laughs> I'm going to kick this one off. You guys have like an hour. Uh, I'm going to kick this one off. Yeah, me too, me too. Let's, oh, this will be, no, 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 no. This will be a good gimmick. Let's all do the review at the same time. No, let's all do, on the count of three, let's all just say the stars for this song. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no. Three, no. two, two one. Zero. <laughs> Track 12, Sunrise, Sunset. I'm, I'm going to take this. I haven't taken one for a while, so I'm going to take this one. Uh, he's jumping so, in. Yeah, I'm jumping in. Um, with a change of pace and the sample that I love. Yeah, yeah. what a hero. The first time... I'm just going to be I, annoyed for the rest of the review because of the falling down. I'm really going to be annoyed for the rest <laughs> of the review. <laughs> yeah, I like that we were clearly saying that you would, wouldn't take this personally. <laughs> Uh, it's not that I'm taking it personally. It's just like, you know, I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, but I like that you don't care that uh, what what we rate songs, but you clearly do. Yeah, I just uh, don't think we can be friends anymore. That's all. Can you uh, edit this falling down moment out of the uh, podcast, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm having my own falling down moment at the moment. Well, you just you just sit quietly for a moment. You calm down a little bit, and I'll and I'll. <laughs> Kick this one off. So jump in, oh. I'm jumping in. Um, <laughs> I'm having deja vu. Uh, change of pace with the sample, and I love it. And the like, as soon as Matt, you you like to say that you know when you wake up, you have a song stuck in your head. I had this song stuck in my head. Sun just rise. the sample. Sun sunset. Oh, I love it. And I didn't realize at the time, but. I looked into the sample and it's actually from 
fiddler on the roof. Yeah, and you love it because you're Jewish. <laughs> I love it. I love it because I actually saw Fiddler on the Roof as a kid. You're joking. Like, no, my parents took me to the to the main dude. I don't know his name, but the main actors in the um, production, it was his last tour. And mm. so I went to see like his last show and I remember just, it was like my first proper production that I'd ever seen. And it was really good. But I don't remember this song at all. So that's why I was surprised. And this is a song from 1964, which I just love that, you know, he's gone back that far to a song that was made 40 years before this album came out and used it. That's, um, that's not that far-fetched. Well, 40 years, like, you, I know 70s, like, soul sampling. 70s is 80 years ago. I mean, 50 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But yeah, I, I, well, you don't have to guess because it's true. All right. It's so with the sad. <laughs> He's having a falling down. I cut yeah. yeah. Oh, 40 years ago. Whoa. That's a long time ago. (laughs) Most samples come from earlier than 40 years ago, so. Oh, well, you're my hero for for telling. (laughs) Anyway. Moving on. But they use both a female vocal for the hook and the male vocal throughout the verses. And I love the that they're using both. Um and we haven't, we've been waiting for this, but it's Deacon's solo track. They both get one. And I find his internal rhyme schemes amazing here to me. Like, I've always been a fan of internal rhyme schemes, and he does not let us down in this. Um, like, he's got so many vices you can sacrifice, kill and grill, because you've got to see what the world would confuse you with abuse clues. I flip through news and see that the world's treasure chest of misused jewels can't maintain from sunrise to sunset. They face pain. They are used to blue skies, got gray stains and surrounded by friends who got snake fangs, but you've got to block it. Don't avoid it. Destroy it. Throw it up in a box and then lock it. Cut power when docs try to shock it because that ain't the shit you should welcome your block with. Like he's just got these really nice rhymes and he uses them throughout the whole verse. Um, this track, to me, had everything. Vocal sample, bars, and five stars from sunrise to sunset. He's done it, boy. He's bloody done it. You've done well. You've done well. Now, I wanted, I wanted to kick this one off initially because this <laughs> my five-star bloody song of the album. This is it. The only yeah. one. No. What do you mean? No. <laughs> this is just like... I meant to say this is just another great like this is five stars all over it for me. Like I'll be surprised if Danny doesn't give this five stars. Um because that sample is crazy good. Yeah. And the instrumental is like that's the type of instrumental I want to hear. That's that's it reminds me of shit I was hearing earlier in the album. So I loved it. Um you can hear and feel the emotion in Deacon's lyrics on this track too. Um, it fits perfectly with the previous track. The sequencing on this album is probably the best we've review, like we've reviewed out of all the albums, I would say. Um, because think about it, after the falling down moment, then you have this sort of track that's all about like not letting those negative thoughts get into your mind. Like, oh, 
It's just, and Aaron's bloody stole my favorite lyrics. Oh, yeah, because he said the whole second verse. I know, I know. This Sorry. Guy, I love that. Hey, you stole a lot of verses in the start of this, okay? So I didn't pick it out because I let you go. You like you had a lot of quotes, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't be a hypocrite. Uh, I, I've never said a whole verse of a song Here's a quote. Well, you should. Fiddy <laughs> is notorious for saying the, the quote. That's, that's why the word count was so high. <laughs> yeah. 100%. But um, just because that ain't the shit you should welcome your block with. That is just a, such a good way to finish um, the verse. So, yeah, it's a five-star song. And that sample, just in your head, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on this one. Yeah. Five stars. Go on, Danny. Give me a three-star rating and I'm going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not mental like you two. Um, the third and final track, not produced by No. This is actually not produced by No. Um, and it is a truly haunting instrumental, mainly due to that, yes, that Fiddler on the Roof vocal sample. But it is haunting in the best possible way. I agree 125%. Um, amazing, amazing sample and instrumental. Like the current linguists have gone three for three. This is the third and final one. They've gone three for three in terms of going for that outside production. And like Noah is a genius producer. And obviously that extends to recognizing a great beat when he hears one because he has picked winners every time. Um, like, and in terms of the sequencing, yes, this is like a more serious take on the subject matter that was tackled on falling down. I think the main message that Deacon is trying to convey um, is that basically, yeah, like Matt said, you shouldn't let all the negative shit in your life get you down or at least don't let it consume you like it did to those characters on falling down. And like he says at the end, you know, you've got to block it. Don't avoid it. Destroy it. Throw it up in a box and then lock it. That's what you got to do with all that negative shit. Mm. Um, for me, this is nowhere near as entertaining as Falling Down was from a lyrical standpoint. But the instrumental alone is enough to warrant another five stars from me. He's done it. We're all back. We're all back, baby. Yeah, we're friends again. We're friends yeah. again. Let's go. Let's go. Not for long. Not for long. Yeah, not yeah. come interlude two. Yeah, I know. Interlude two. Now I'm not going to be friends with Matt anymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're going to have no friends left, Danny. <laughs> Track 13, interlude two. Well, Matt, or... Do you want to kick this off? Tell us why you're not a fan of it, and then, Danny, maybe you can rebut him. Okay. Well, I don't have much to say except that it's an amazing instrumental. Yeah, six stars, six stars for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, this is my least favourite of the three interludes, if you count the intro as well. I wasn't counting War when I reviewed this one. Um, I, I get – I don't know if you guys get this, but I get Middle Eastern vibes from the interlude due to the background vocals, which I... Yeah, I said Indian. I said Indian slash Bollywood as well. Yeah, Yeah. and I just found it really strange. Although the piano was pleasant on the ears, I just didn't, like, get 
the Indian slash Middle Eastern vibes. Maybe there's a story behind it. Maybe there's like something you can tell me that links into the next track or something. I don't know. I missed it. And just purely comparing it to the intro, which I thought was a banger, um, and the second skip, which was less of a banger but still good, I didn't like this, so I gave it two stars. I would skip this one. Yeah. You are biased to bangers, aren't you? I am. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just I just think it's – this is my favourite instrumental. I think the piano is beautiful. And I think just where we differ is that I think that Indian-sounding vocal sample just works incredibly well for me, and it just doesn't work for you. Okay. So – there's nothing we can do about that, and it and it is that is something I can live with. Your shit opinions about falling down, I can't live with, but <laughs> I can live with this. And this would be my five star. Um, this would be my five star interlude. Is it because it's so unique? Is it because you've heard nothing like it before? Oh, I wouldn't say I've heard nothing like it before. I've heard Indian style vocal samples used before on a hip hop track. Yeah. Okay. There's a, what's that? What's that group called? Oh, I think they're like Daz Racist. No, no, no. No, that's a different dude. No, 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 no. I might be right. But Maybe there, it is. There's a group. Well, there you go. And they're they're like Indian background, and they they have very Indian influenced kind of production. And mm. I'm sure there's lots of stuff like it anyway. I'm sure I've heard lots of it before, and I think it's unusual. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, I think um. Oh, DJ Quick and Rakim had a had a song together. Appreciation, I think it's called. That was sick. I might I might show you guys that. Well, that would but, make, um, well, that would make sense because the next track's called Appreciation Remix. Oh no. Oh, maybe. Well, maybe I just saw that and, and that subconsciously. But I think it is called Appreciation. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it it didn't say it wasn't like off putting. I I think it works. I see where you're coming from, but. For me, it's it's like music to the ears, literally. So five stars. Jeez, yeah, I I agree with you, Danny. I actually really like this the the vocal sample. I think this really works for me, and I would have liked to see a rapper use this. Like, but I'm not upset at all that a rapper didn't. Like, I just no, I think it works it. better as an instrumental. I genuinely think just listening to it as an instrumental would be better than having lyrics on it. You might be right, but I think, yeah, I no complaints. This is my favourite uh, interlude as well. So um, I wouldn't skip any of the interludes, and this is one that I definitely keep in. Yeah. Well, that's, let's move on from that. Nice and quick. Love a quick interlude. Track 14, The Appreciation Remix. Mm-hmm. Remix! I don't know why it's a remix, to be honest. I, if, if there's an original, I haven't heard it. It might have been on a mixtape. might have been on a mixtape, actually. Well, do you want to go for it, Danny? I might as well. Um, well, first of all, this is such a sad song. And the verses are very powerful, especially when you realise what they're actually talking about. And like, I've got to admit that in the past... This was never really a very memorable song for me, and that is most likely due to the slow, downbeat nature of the instrumental and the hook. So because I never really paid attention to this song back in the day, I never actually realised this song was about 9-11. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, 
In doing a bit of research for the album before listening to it again after so many years, it was actually kind of spoiled for me that this song is about the September 11 attacks. So I was kind of expecting the twist endings. Um, However, despite knowing what the song was building up to, by the time it got to the very last line of the song, I still got chills up my entire body. It was that good. It was that impactful. Even the verse, the first verse from um, Kashmir the Pro was just highly effective but depressing at the same time. Just the idea of one of your loved ones dying tragically and realising that your final moments together, you were being cold and distant towards them over some petty shit. Like, that is a genuine fear of mine, that, that the final moment you have with someone you love is just not a pleasant one. That yeah. is, oh, I think about that all the time. But I think Deacon the villain takes it to the next level. He basically gives you the entire life story of these two brothers, which makes the ending even more tragic. Yeah. And those final lines, Tuesday morning at the New York airport, it was beautiful weather. 9-11 will be a day that they'll remember forever. That gives me chills every time. Um, However, like I said earlier, this song is just slightly lacking in terms of that replayability because of that melancholy nature of the instrumental and the hook. So I'm giving it four stars, but it's still a really great song. Mm. Fair enough. That's fair. What do you think? Thank you. (laughs) Try to be fair. Yeah. You've done it. it. Um, I'm of a similar opinion. Um, It's very thoughtful. Probably the most like thoughtful of like a real life event that's happened on the album. Uh, I appreciate the sentiment and I enjoyed like the feeling of that mellow instrumental and hook lyrics, personal and meaningful. Like, so all of these things I'm saying are all positives, but for some reason, like I just, I wouldn't go back to it. Like, I think it's a part of partially because you know the story of it. So it's quite like a depressing like song. Um, Mm. So like, I'm going to give it a pass as a song, but like I personally couldn't give it four stars because like for me, like I think we talked about this before, like I, if I'm giving something four stars, I'd probably go back to it. Five, I'm definitely go back to it. Like, you know, it's in a playlist, like you'd say. It's not trash. It's absolutely not trash. So it's somewhere in between three and four. I've given it three here. I'd be willing to go to three and a half. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you could convince me. But yeah, it's just, just, just not something you're going to want to listen to probably again, unless you're listening to the album as a movie. Yeah. I'm not sure if that takes away enough, you know, like just yeah. the fact that you wouldn't listen to it again doesn't, doesn't make the impact of the song like any less. And then I was thinking about, could they have talked about, like, should they have left it there? Like, could they have done another verse? Like, or did they just want to make it that impactful last, like, bit of each of their verses like sort of ending it there cutting it there i don't know like it was impactful as it was was like could they have done more with it like what what more could they have done i don't understand 
Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think that it works perfectly yeah. in terms of how, for how long it is. It literally it is. gives me chills that, that the way they end it is, is the part that gives me chills. Yeah. Yeah. The true. final line is perfect. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think, yeah. Again, you're being harsh, but like, yeah. I, your criteria, I don't know, seems a bit off for this one. Yeah, but if I'm giving it four, if I'm giving it four stars, then I'm right. Well, you gave it a you gave it a generous three and a half, apparently. Yeah, you you could be pushed to three and a half. Yeah, I could be. I don't think I could be pushed to four though. That's a thing. Like it doesn't feel like a four star track for me. It just comes down to the again that subjective criteria of what makes a four star track. Like it's the feel. It's like yeah, it's it's definitely a good song. It's not as good as Falling Down in terms of like a a concept. Like I think falling down is the better concept. This is just a real life thing that happened, but yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 very emotional. It's very emotional. Yeah, it is. It can't be a bad song. It can't be less than a good song. Mm. We, I think, if you're living yeah. in America as well, like if you were in America, I think you're living in the world. I think the entire world was affected by 9-11. They were, but not as much as Americans. I feel like Americans would relate more personally to this than we would. Like, we're in, we're in this show. Affected me. Yeah. It's still, yeah. Any human yeah, role, it's, will, like, it'll affect. This song hit me in the feels. Like, it, it's just the story of two relationships and, you know, the lesson of not taking it for granted. Like, it literally almost makes you want to cry. Mm. And, like... They they delivered on what they intended to do. Heavy drums. I had like this whistling in the beat and it's mellow and it just works. Like Kashmir has a really nice a couple of really nice lines. Like it gets heavy as she yells, Who comes first in your life? He don't want to be hurting his wife, but he got a flight to catch. So for now he's deserting the fight. Goes for his goodbye kiss, she turns. He takes a cold cheek while she yearns. And it's like just the imagery of going in for the kiss and like, you know, he has to go to work in his mind. Like he's he has to provide food on the table and like this kind of tough choice that people make sacrifices for time with their family for providing. Um, that's just really sad. But Deacon's verse hit me because it was about brothers and it just kind of just made me think of if my relationship with my brothers was like the one in this track where it was like, you know, I wanted to do better. I was in and out of jail. Um, like I just was envious of my brother, all this stuff in the track. And then they make up. He was like, his money was froze to broke to launder his clothes. Old bro was understanding though, expressing sorrow, said he would hit the first flight out tomorrow. Mm. The relationship they still had was that he would drop everything and fly tomorrow. Yeah, like he, the little brother was just, you know, being a little shit for their entire, you know, growing up together. He 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 did not appreciate what what his brother did for him, and his brother was his older brother was always there, you know, always was willing to look on on the, you know, the positives, and then. And then he forgives him in the end and goes to visit him. And that is the day that he dies. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, and just the plan that they were going to drive back together. Yes. And be for real. And they never got that. And that is so sad. Oh. And 
I, I agree that replayability doesn't hit because it is really sad, but everything else is really good. And for that, I also give it four stars mm. because like delivery on this is really nice. I think the beat works for the track. You have to be in a particular mindset for this, like ready for it. Um, but I think that just this imagery and the story and the relationships were explored really well here um, and therefore four stars. See, they, that, and that's the thing, like, Matt, are you saying replayability is worth two stars? But, like, I could say the same to you boys. Well, if it's so good, why haven't you given it five stars? Because of replayability. We both said it doesn't have the replayability, so we've downgraded it one. one You've star. downgraded it two. No, but, like, I've got downgraded it two, not just for replayability. I just feel like I, I, I didn't feel like I feel like there could have been something else with it. Like, I don't know. There's just something missing for me. Like I, I got it at the end, like what they were talking about. And I thought, yes, it was a, like, it was a good, like it was a powerful finish to the verse, but I'm like, I, I, could it have been more like, it, like you even said, it couldn't have been any more. It could not have been any more. Yeah. Even realized on the first listen that there was talking about nine 11. Well, that's not much giving much credit to the, the purpose of this song, I think, because their intention was for it to be about nine 11. So it's like, it wasn't very clear. It wasn't clear enough for you in the first listen. No, it's a twist. Like, it's like, you know, you, it's about this relate, these relationships. And then it adds this depth of meaning that like literally, you know, these relationships were, were struggling and they never got the chance to patch it up because they'd left on bad terms. Mm. Um, and, that, you know, the you could almost say this song surprised you with like 9-11 as su- the same way the actual incident surprised everybody. Yeah. It came out of nowhere. Mm. So, like, you, I, yeah. it would have been as good if they talked about 9-11 throughout it. It doesn't have the same impact at the end yeah matt are you saying the first are you saying the first verse you just didn't understand that it was about 911 9-11 even after the verse was over yes that's it the first verse yeah which is which is not a problem with the song and i had a problem with that too if i hadn't looked it up that is that is our ignorance which it's not the fault of the song that is the fault of us that we don't know that flight 11 is very significant. Yeah. To nine eleven, and that's yeah. got nothing to do with the song. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. If like if you were an American, you would know that straight away, so you'd probably rate this higher. Whereas like I didn't. No, but I I knew it was on like nine eleven. Yeah. Like, no, I, I knew. No, I knew. No, but like, <laughs> but you're right. Flight eleven is that track. Like, is sorry, is that flight that like you know is impactful and for the mellow like. It's maybe not as explicit. Like they didn't actively go, this is 9-11, but I think they did it well enough. Mm. I don't think they did it perfectly. But if they did it perfectly, then five star it. No, no because, because we've said. Replayability. Yeah, but like, like, but Aaron argued the same about replayability for um, falling down, yet, and, he, and he takes a couple of stars off. But like. Yeah, but I also took stars off because I didn't like the the second beat. He gave it three stars, like you're doing now. That's what I have the issue with. Ah, uh, I see. But you're not rating it five stars. I'm only giving it one or half a less star than you. Yeah, and I don't I just don't understand other than the replayability what's wrong with the song. Such an emotional, deep, impactful song. Yeah. Yeah. 
I need to listen to it. I'll, I'll re-listen. We'll, we'll, we'll report. <laughs> we'll reassess. Yeah. Next week we'll have a whole podcast about this song. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll reference that at the start of this podcast. I'll say, yeah, no, I, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I did my, I did my boys dirty. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, I think we can move right. on, Aaron. Do yeah. your shitty transition. Well, I'm just going to transition it. <laughs> yeah, do it. Give it your best shot. Track 15, Dying Nation. He's done Is it. Is that all you got? He's done it. He's done yeah, it. that was that. Was, he didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, what? when you say when you say, "Hey, Aaron, do your shitty transition," <laughs> and then you set me up for failure, I'm not even going to play That's- that game with. That's the challenge. You need to be up for the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> the challenge, I'm going to give you a challenge. Just be nice. <laughs> I think we Don't can... disagree with me and I'll be nice. I think <laughs> what happened to a bit of positivity? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. A little bit of appreciation, Aaron. What happened to a bit of appreciation? I appreciate the song, not your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 15. Dying Nation. All what right. a uh, hilarious intro from George W. Bush. W. Yeah. How good is it? So That's actually what he said in yeah. a press conference. Yeah. That quote just will never, it will never not be funny. I've heard it a hundred times and it will never not be funny. Yeah. Yeah. But he has so many funny quotes. Yeah. Like it's impressive to me that someone so dumb like with the inability to speak, literally ran a country. Yeah, but yet we thought he was dumb and now look what they've got. Yeah, he seems to be a lot better than what, what they've got now. Yeah. yeah. Um, instrumental's good. It's got my combo that I like, the drums and keyboards, always a winner. Uh, the political preaching side of the kind of linguist I haven't heard yet, so this was really cool. Um, it was something fresh and new to hear. Um, it's actually in- scary how the content they're talking about is still so relevant today. Um, yeah. But how many times have we said that every podcast? Yeah. Yeah. We say it all the time. Yeah. I guess it shows our, like, ignorance. No. In it shows that America has never changes. That's yeah. what it shows. Yeah. No, but we're surprised by it, like, in I'm a way. I'm not surprised by it. I'm, I'm upset by it. Mm. Well, as we all should be upset by it. But, like, yeah, people have been talking about this for so long and literally nothing changes. Yeah. But it's like banging your head against a brick wall, like, I feel. Yeah. It's doing nothing. Um, mm-hmm. The hook's okay. You guys might like it more than me, but I thought it was okay. Um. This is where I started to touch on the scratching effect in their hooks. Um, <laughs> on the very second last song. Yeah. You, you have an issue. It struck me. I was like, this is like a theme throughout the album. Like, is this something that I want to hear? And I was like, I'm not saying I like it was bad. I'm just like questioning. I was like, is this good? Like, is it? does it lose its effect if it's done so frequently? Or is that just the theme of this album? Have they used this on other albums? Do they use this in all of their hooks or a lot of their hooks? Um, I'm not sure. Because um, I like the scratching effect on certain songs, but, yeah, I'm just like, oh, I don't know. And then I thought, well, 
they've sampled a lot of hooks. And you said before, Dane, that you'd like that. Just give me sampled hooks. And I'm like, I love it. I'm like, yeah, I get that. Like there are definitely some really good, um, soulful songs that they, you know, why reinvent the wheel if it's already been done and, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it sort of thing. But then I'm like, maybe it would be nice to hear them do a few more of their own hooks. Like, are they capable of doing their own hooks? Like, and doing them well? Because, like, that's what I think um, sets some rappers apart from each other because it's like, you know, as the great man 50 Cent said, like, any, like, you know, you can, you can be a rapper, but can you make a song? Like, you know, can you craft a catchy hook? Like, can you deliver that hook? Like, I don't know. I'm just, this is just questions I'm posing to the kind of, like, yeah. can, can, well, can, I, can I answer? Can I answer for this? Um, in a moment. So yeah, yeah I was just like, <laughs> that's another thing. Uh, my favorite lyrics are knows uh, when he says, Somebody dial 911, it's mass confusion, mass contusions. At last we losing Uncle Sam to a massive tumours. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the rumour, at least it's soon to be seen, if it's true that the beast is soon to be dis- is soon to decease. That is just bars. And that's his opening lines too. Um so, he comes in real strong. He does come in very strong. Yeah. So that was really good. Um, yeah. This is a four-star track for me. Uh, this is a very good track. I would listen to this again. Fair. Fair. Mate, I feel like you were expecting me to start barking at you. <laughs> like, how dare you? Yeah, we're just <laughs> waiting. No one's speaking. We're just waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's fair. Um, yeah. Like, this is another one of those political-type songs that, yeah, was relevant in 2003 and is still relevant 17 years later. So, but that happens all the time. Um, Mr. SOS is the first to speak out, and he says that America is using freedom and entertainment just to keep us sedated. But remember what the Declaration of Independence stated? All men are equal, and that's the way they're created. But when that was written, black and white people were segregated. So that's just the truth. And that's just, yeah. it's, it, it's a great line that calls out the hypocrisy of, of it all. Like, it's, they're a bunch of hypocrites and they always have been. Then you got Deacon with what I think is the most devastating line of the song where he goes, babies having babies in the hood I grew up in. Hands are too small for the guns that they be busting. That's deep. Yeah. That is, yeah. Like, kids shouldn't have to live that kind of life. Kids should be allowed to be kids. It's just so sad when you hear shit like that. Um, yeah, it would be amazing to live in a world where songs like this were just no longer relevant, but I don't see that ever happening, to be honest. Like, we're just going to continue to get songs like this and we're going to talk about it every podcast, and human beings are going to continue to be shit, and that's just what's going yeah. to happen. Anyway, I like this song a lot, but like then again, this is the type of subject matter that heaps of different rappers and groups have touched on over the years, and Dying Nation just probably doesn't do enough to stand out from the crowd. It's, it's just another one of those political songs. And great content and all that. And I still really like it. 
I'm going to give it four and a half stars. It's not going to reach that five for me, but four and a half. Yeah, I think when you say like, you know, how there are so many songs like this, it just shows how many people are talking about this. And we've already broached this subject on almost every single podcast that we've done about like, you know, violence perpetrated against African-Americans and minorities. And it's just, it's just nuts. But um, yeah, that, that line you had, Danny was really good. I also um, had as one of my, um, you know, memorables was kids like, why should I think about college when this hood situation is holding me hostage? And even if I fought and bought the knowledge I'd probably get shot 41 times by a cop over my wallet. Mm. Even if you make it out of the hood, even if you make it out of this awful situation, you still have this fear that you're going to get pulled over and get shot by a police officer just because of the way you look. Yep. And that is still crazy. And we've had, you know, this about George Floyd being killed and all these murders and it's just coming to light how prevalent it really is yeah um and that is really sad and it, i i like it's just it surprises me still mm-hmm. like it surprises me because it shouldn't be a, a problem and it still is um and just people just cannot seem to get along with one another and cannot see as our differences being good like it's good that there are different people in the world. That's a nice thing. We shouldn't kill each other over it. Like, mm. I love that we all get to experience different cultures and speak to different people and look different. That's the best part of being human. If we all look the same, how boring would that be? Yeah. I also like the end where he's like, you know, talking about the president, like the president hooked on phonics and cocaine, product of old age and Alzheimer's disease. Medical bills raised from all types of fees looks to the American people to show love, but his social security ran out, pulled the plug. (laughs) And another interesting thing is like, you know, um, it seems as though Americans are really against um, universal healthcare and you need money to get healthcare, which is so weird to me. I think people should have the right to, you know, be able to looked after by, the the system in a way yeah um it's just strange but it's even weirder now that right now like they were talking about george w bush they have an older president than then like how old is donald trump he's like 73 or something isn't he the oldest president that's ever ever Ever. yeah and he's running against um what's his face uh biden yeah joe biden who's also in his 70s yeah like old white dudes that's I don't understand, like, why do you need 70-plus-year-old to run the show? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, at that point, 99% of people that age are retired, you know, with their kids. They're, like, you know, trying to enjoy life. That just seems like the worst possible thing to be doing. Yeah, that's true. 70-plus-year-old. Yeah. Like, what's the retirement age? I think it's, like, 66. Yeah. So they're in their 70s, way past retirement age. So... Yeah, doesn't make sense. But I also gave this four and a half stars. I don't think that just because we've heard this type of song before, you're right, Danny, we've heard this type of song before. It's delivered in a really good way and there are some really meaningful lines. 
but there are lots of songs like this and because of that it doesn't stand out that much um but it's still delivered perfectly i think the lyrics are really meaningful i think the the bars are really good and for that four and a half stars yeah excellent fair fair oh it's it's all love now no more war oh god (laughs) track 16 war now can I just say that on Apple Music, it's really strange because this is split up into War and another track, Karma. But how it's positioned on yeah. the deluxe edition of this album, which is the only edition you can get on Apple Music, is Karma and Spotify. It's and Spotify. It only Karma comes only at the very, very end after all the instrumentals. So the actual album, um, the deluxe album that I have access to on Apple Music and obviously Aaron has on Spotify is 30 tracks long. It goes for an hour and 48 minutes. So like all the... What? Yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, It has instrumental. So what it's done, it has from track 1 to 16, it finishes on 4, and then it has from 17 to 29 are just all the instrumentals. And then track 30 is Karma, which is the back end of 4. That's really stupid then. That is really yeah. stupid. Well, I just have the album version from back in the day and it's War is One Song, which includes Karma, but it's just called yeah. War. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's it's weird in that sense. So if anyone's confused why we're going to talk about lyrics, that's why. So you've got to combine uh, track 16, War, with the the track 30, Karma, and they fit into one track. Yeah. But, Danny, this is your album... Do you want to finish this bad boy off? Might as well. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Do you think there's going to be a let's go at the end of this? We'll have to wait. Hey, no spoilers alert. Ah, Wait, just predict, mate. Predict. I predict this is going to be a six-star song for you. (laughs) Yeah. I think, Danny, you're going to give it five stars. (laughs) Okay. Well, no, I'm going to say four and a half. I've changed my mind. No, four and a half. If you give anything less than six, I'm leaving. I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good. It'll be the end of the podcast. Oh, so. God. Uh, this will be interesting. Then. Well, just like the intro felt like the opening credits, this definitely has that end credits energy to it. Um, and yes. When that prodigy sample kicks in and those church organs hit, I was like, oh, I was like, hang on. I don't remember this. Is this about to be a banger? But no, it's not. Um, But God damn, that part of the instrumental with prodigy and and those church organs, that gets me every time. That shit is insane. I need a whole song with verses that centers around that prodigy sample and those church organs. Like this was Agreed. such a tease. Teased me with this one. But just when you thought it was over, you get a little post credit scene, a little encore by Deacon the Villain to close out the album. And to me, this is the weakest track on the whole album shit no that's it see you guys i'm going home (laughs) (laughs) the purely instrumental first half of war is actually dope but deacon's solo bonus track is actually just mediocre 
to me. Um, like, I guess it's pleasant enough on the ears, but it doesn't really add anything to the album that it was sorely lacking in the first place. To be honest, I actually wish they would have just let the album end immediately after the instrumental. Like, this felt completely unnecessary to me. And as a result, it turns out to be a relatively weak finish to an otherwise exceptional album. And I'm giving this three stars, baby. You're done out dirty. You're done and dirty. Done and dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, the thing is, I'm actually curious to, for you guys to tell me why this is a four or five star song. I'm very interested. Six star song. Yeah. I mean, you guys were making out like this is amazing, so I want to hear it. <laughs> All right. Let's go, Matt. Aaron, what do you reckon Aaron's rating is going to be of this song? Look, I really have no idea because I don't know if you guys were joking with me or I just have no idea. You guys have thrown me off. Okay. Aaron, do you want to go? I'll go. Um, I agree with you, Danny, in the sense that that Mob Deep's Survival of the Fittest sample is amazing. Mm. It's clean in the best way possible. And you're right. I would have loved to see how someone could throw some bars over this. Yeah. There's like, it's a weird kind of like finish in a way in that sense that like it's a really fantastic beat but they don't have anyone do anything, but they still want, then Deacon finishes the album. And then he has almost two different beats in his finish as well. So you're almost critiquing two separate tracks in the one track. Yeah. Um, at the start, I think there's a piano and then a saxophone hits at the second verse. And I think the saxophone sounds really good. Mm. I think it just works that beat. Um, and I thought the verses were also pretty good. They don't do that kind of braggadocious shit, but they're still pretty good. Like it gets rough and it ain't enough to just think positive because when nobody's helping me out, then it's hard to give and go and rob and shit, run and game on hoes, an untamed end, run and cane for dough, acting insane, famous for bringing pain to foes, knowing that shit'll come back, it'll rain for show. Hmm. I just like that, throwing back to the rain. Um, I think that this was a decent finish. I, If you had to gun to my head, I would have cut the last part of it and just give me the instrumental. Mm-hmm. But the, the instrumental is really good and I gave it three and a half stars. Mm. Like it's it's not fantastic, it's not bad, but it's pretty good and three and a half stars. I don't understand. So were you? So Aaron, you said I was going to give it four and a half or five. Were you genuinely thinking I was going to do that? I thought you genuinely would, purely because of I the prodigy. Really, well, no, and I thought you'd really love the beat. Okay. And for the beat, you'd give it five stars. Now the beat was just like pleasant, but I mean the one over karma, the the, the second half. Yeah. That that was just like pleasant and nothing special. Yeah, so that one I didn't think you'd love as much, but I think I thought you might overlook it because you love the the first beat so much. Nah, because they're like basically two separate songs. That's why I think 
Apple Music and Spotify have released them the way they have because they've they've given war and then essentially the album can finish on war and you don't hear karma. Yeah, but karma should be there. It doesn't make sense that it's not after war. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the reason why Cunning Linguist Cun did it back in the day is that like it was supposed to be a secret surprise bonus track. Like you thought it was over, you're getting war, this instrumental, and then suddenly it ends and you get a bonus track. It's like, ooh, you know, juicy. That was the main reason behind it, I think, back in the day. Mm. Well, you both done my boys dirty. Done them dirty. <laughs> don't don't kiss your teeth at me, boy. Oh god. <laughs> uh, a good track, isn't it? Um <laughs> This is an okay way to finish the album. Okay. The instrumentals are certainly in quote unquote Danny's words, pleasant. They are pleasant to listen to. Yeah. And Deacon's lyrics are insightful, as always. I'm not a big fan of the hook on that track, the karma one, I think. The yeah, the yeah. the double edged sword. Not a not a fan. Yeah. Um and my biggest beef is with war. Yeah. The same on the same grounds as Shay Noir's lyrics, putting her in the top five. Do not give me a title track saying war and then have prodigy come in and then not spit some shit and not have a banger. Like it's just so misleading. Like I was like, don't come on. When you see the title war, you both think, Oh shit, they're going to go off. And it's not, it's not just Deacon who's going to go off. Every single member is going to be on the last track. They're all going to spit some fire shit and they're just going to end. Like that is what war should have been. And it it nah. it's mis not only misleading, but I was just let down because going back to what Aaron was saying in previous reviews, it would have been better, far better in my opinion, to finish with a back and forth verse or verses from every member of the kind of linguists, especially now you know that Mr. SOS is no longer a part of the group. It just would have been a really nice sentiment. And just it would have rounded off a really well sequenced album. Um, I'm going to give it a pass because it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. So it's a three star track for me. And I'm giving three stars for War and Karma put together because I'm just going to say they're the one track. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Yeah. So, Matt, you also said I was going to give this six stars. You just messing with me or you genuinely thought I was going to love it? No, I, 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 part of me thought you were going to love it. Um, but a, a part of me was definitely messing with you both. Hence why I was saying you come my boy's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I think like the, the war instrumental, once you, once you realize that it is like the first time you hear it and you're done with the album and you realize, Oh, it's only going to be an instrumental. Then it makes perfect sense because it starts with an instrumental and ends with an instrumental. The yeah. only part that doesn't work is the is the bonus track, which I think was yeah. just average. Yeah. I think once you know that it's an instrumental, I was absolutely fine with it and I loved it. Yeah, well, I yeah, call I it war. You're projecting so much onto it. Call call it war in brackets outro or call it war instrumental or call it, I don't know, something else. <laughs> yeah, but it's a surprise track, so I, I understand why they did it. In that way, it's a surprise, yeah. and not a not the best surprise, but a surprise nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you sit through a whole Marvel movie credits, and then the credits have nothing to do 
with the next movie. It's just a little joke. <laughs> it's in the same realm that you're like, oh, I'm a little annoyed, but yeah. I hate too much. Yeah, that's a good that's a good analogy. I like that. He's done it. We've bloody done it once again. We got it. We got all the way through. Arius, there was a little bit of precarious time in track 11 falling yeah, down. Yeah, we got a bit sure. dicey. Yeah. Edit the meltdown out. <laughs> uh, who wants to sum this up? Who wants to give their final uh, overall best instrumental, best lyrics, best track? Well, I think Danny needs to go first. Well, I think I would love to go first. Okay. That'd be good. Well, final thoughts. I was just so pleasantly surprised by how good this album was from start to finish like i've always had fond memories of the album like i said at the start but i guess i never really sat down and listened to the entire thing properly maybe like i was just blinded by my love for one orology but after reviewing southern underground for the podcast i can pretty confidently say that this is now officially my second favorite album by the cunning linguists right behind one orology he's done it just yeah, yeah it just has everything you could want out of a hip-hop album it has replayability four days i listened to this album so many times over the last two weeks the album construction and album sequencing was extremely well thought out almost every song flowed seamlessly into the next. We've never done an album like that before on this podcast. Um, the production from No and Friends was thoroughly entertaining and diverse all throughout the album. Everyone was rapping their asses off, especially for me, Mr. SOS. They tackled so many different subjects and played around with a lot of different concepts throughout the album. I was just blown away, to be honest. And in my opinion, this is hands down the best album we reviewed for the podcast so far. Um, best song is extremely hard to give out on this one because there are so many five-star songs and all of them are extremely unique and special in their own ways. If I have to pick one, and I really was tossing up between falling down and seasons. And I almost want to, you know, go with falling down just in spite of you, piece of shit. Yeah, but don't be spiteful, Danny. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to say seasons is, my, is the best song. It's just, it is really the whole package. It, concept, lyrics, production, replayability. It has everything in that one song so seasons hands down best instrumental sounds like we're all probably going to be on the same page although i didn't expect it sunrise sunset is my favorite instrumental just because it the, the sample is so incredible and the thing is i almost feel bad giving best instrumental to someone other than no because no did not produce sunrise sunset but then again his best work is definitely yet to come. So with one orology, still a few albums away at this point. And at the end of the day, he is still responsible for some of my favorite instrumentals of all time. 
So I think I'm okay with giving another producer the Best Instrumental Award for this album. And Best Lyrics are going to my boy that you did (laughs) dirty, Tone Deaf. It's sad, but proud or not, most of your standards go down a notch when loneliness drinks at the bar you set too high. Genius, lyrics, overall, I'm giving this album four and a half stars. I want to go higher, but I'm giving it four and a half stars. Damn. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna let Matt sum it up because he's fantastic at summing things up. Mm. Um, so I also had, I had three instrumentals that I was tossing up. Sunrise, Sunset, The South and Seasons. They were the three that I was looking at. And I am going to the one that I woke up thinking about. And it's Sunrise, Sunset no. sample as well. What um, are you knowing be- about? <laughs> he wanted the South. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, the best lyrics to me were the ones in old school. Just really funny. I slipped fine wine with Einstein back in the days. MC Square was on his stage. Name and he rocked grey braids. Yeah. And just the other ones that he's got there. I love that line where he, Jizza tells uh, Jesus Sanderland's a feminine. And I love that they just caught Noah's Ark as well with Pumas and two chickens on his arm. Yeah. Just love that. I just love the imagery of there. Mate, but pick that. one. Pick one, mate. Come on. Yeah. I, I picked the first one, the MC Square. Good. Um, my favorite track, I found this really hard to choose. Track or song? But track. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so it could be falling literally down. could be falling down. What? Uh, oh, you don't get it. Because remember when I was talking about falling down, I was like, this is not a song. This is a track. Uh, yeah, but I hate that. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to also say just because I love the instrumental so much Sunrise Sunset as best song that's rough well it's either that or old school I don't know what seasons isn't even in the discussion god but they had a lot of five star tracks so I'm going to go with my best lyrics and go old school because it's just so funny Interesting. And did you have an overall rating? I did. I also gave it four and a half stars. Um, couldn't give it five. I don't think that this is perfect. If only if it had five stars all the way through. But this is probably the closest it's come to five stars. Um, the album construction is flawless. Mm-hmm. Other than the end track, I think that if we've already discussed it, but yeah, the transitions, the pacing. The interludes are placed perfectly. It just breaks it all up really well. It's like a really smart production. You know, you go see a play and you've got the songs in the right spots. You go take a break, you come back. Yeah, this is really good. If you ever need to learn how to construct an album, come back to this one. They'll teach you a few lessons. (laughs) Yeah. Four and a half stars for this. He's done it, boys. He's bloody done it. (laughs) Just with reference to uh, Danny's feels about Aaron's reaction to falling down. I just have some advice for you, uh, Daniel. Yeah. My advice is, but you got to block it. Don't avoid it. Destroy it. Throw it in, up in a box and then lock it. Okay. Cut power when docs try to shock it. 
Because that ain't the shit you should welcome your podcast with. Oh, no. How long were you thinking up that? Trash. I didn't mind it. I like it back. <laughs> uh, I don't even care if either of you didn't like it. The enjoyment I got from it was high. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, um, no, this was a very good album um my favorite song no my favorite instrumental was of course three two one the south of course yeah <laughs> <Hands down. laughs> like it just oh it's just an absolute bangerosaurus rex that is you can't i don't think you either of you can even argue with me even if you did that is the banger on this album hands down i disagree what i i genuinely think Southern Underground, the first track, and The South are in the exact same category, and I prefer Southern Underground. Well, it's funny how you said that, because my favourite song is Southern Underground. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying song. Yeah, I think my favourite instrument and my favourite song is Southern Underground. Oh, okay. No, no, okay. Um, I'm, I'm with you then. Yeah. Yeah. So those two songs are the type of music that I like hearing. Um, yeah. It's just... There's nothing more to say. And my favourite lyrics, you already know them. Without me, the game's the same. I ain't Eminem. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, he delivered it in like a sci-high way. You know, he, he puts that twang on the end of like... Yeah, that delivery. Yeah. He just nailed it. Bitch you with the prince. <laughs> Why you still got your panties on? <laughs> I knocked that pussy out. Ding, ding, ding. Hell yeah. yeah that's great. Oh, it's so good. Um, so surprisingly, according to the algorithm, this album got, I said I was going to do, uh, two ratings. So that I have done the algorithm never lies three, uh, three and a half stars. However, however, given three and a half stars, it got 50, your 58 out of a possible 80 stars. I think that's very hard. You're joking. How does that algorithm... Chuck that algorithm out the window, seriously. (laughs) Um, But it is, um, given the album construction and, yeah, just um, the experience of it all. And also I think hearing you guys talk about it has increased my um, rating. So it is, for me, a four-star album. The... um, the problem that I have with it of giving it a four and a half star album and also the problem I have with Danny saying this is the best album that we've reviewed, like I disagree based on – I was looking – I was literally just looking back through my reviews then and I think the best album that we've reviewed, according to my algorithm as well, is – Which is trash. Which is true, is actually um, the <laughs> Flatbush Zombies. Um, and I – reflecting back on that i would far prefer like like far prefer to listen to them than i would um these guys and i think that purely comes down to subjectiveness in sort of like what you prefer to listen to because i don't know i like if you if you gave me two options to re-listen to this album or to re-listen to the Flatbush Zombies one that you suggested, I would 110% go Better Off Dead. Like, Better Off Dead for me, I just, the more I listen to it, and I've been listening to it, like, more and more lately, 
the, the better it is. It's just so grimy and hard and bangers and it's just... But it's a different era. I know, but it's such a good mixtape that it shouldn't even be a mixtape. Like, it should be an album. Because I reckon Elzai's up there with one of my favourites so far. <laughs> Elzai's definitely up there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not going to complain with any of those picks, to be honest. But my but preference any- is uh, this one. The question is, which one does the audience think is the best? Hmm, you can let us know as what well. What audience, but- Aaron? What audience? <laughs> Uh, your mum. Your mum can. <laughs> she messages me all the time. She, oh. me. No, she literally never does. Oh nice backpedaling there. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't want to hurt your feelings too much. <laughs> I realised where I was heading. I didn't like it. I jumped out. <laughs> um, but there we have it. Cunning linguists, Southern Underground. Well done today. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram at the underscore slim fitty biggie committee and stay tuned for our next podcast. Bye for now.